take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are now jacked into the virtual matrix. Please stand by. Who are you? For the latest in professional wrestling. I am the master of the middle finger. Video gaming. Chief ass whoopers, sorry sons of bitches. And movie and entertainment. Beer drinker among beer drinkers. And here is your host. All I'm offering is the truth. Nothing. JJ Sexy. Alright guys, good evening. Welcome to another edition of Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. And it is time to most definitely light it up as we bring you coverage of WWE's NXT. Tonight was a big night in NXT Season 2. Tonight was the first pros poll, was the night where you, the WWE Universe, were able to voice your opinions on who you thought, quite frankly, was going to go home tonight. There was, in fact, a big surprise reveal at the first of the show. They said that someone would, in fact, go home on this very night, and we have seen someone leave NXT. Not the person that I expected to go home, so we'll have to see what transpires with that. Who knows if we'll have uh, (laughs) the NXT invasion on SmackDown next time out, because... I think it's it's safe to say every one of these guys somehow is going to get a contract uh, with the WWE when it's all said and done. Uh, with that said, I do want to go ahead and play this first clip. I know it runs a little long. Just to kind of get you guys set up on what happened at the beginning of the program and, of course, the first challenge uh, of the season, our favorite challenge here on Unplugged, the good old... Uh, <laughs> The keg run, ladies and gentlemen, if you will. Uh, But with that said, I want to go ahead and uh, open up this clip. And this is what started things off with NXT right here tonight. Not only are we going to reveal the NXT poll, but tonight we're also going to eliminate whichever one of you was ranked last. Oh, there. Here's breaking news. That's a bombshell. The first elimination live tonight. So making an impact and standing out tonight is not something you should do, but something you have to do. Can we eliminate Ashley? However, there is one surefire way to avoid being eliminated. I agree with you. Maybe she should be eliminated. And for more on that, we're going to toss it over to my colleague, Matt Stryker. Can, can we eliminate Matt? Thank you, Ashley. Ladies and gentlemen, 
It is time for the very first rookie challenge of NXT season two, the ever popular Keg Carry. Now the rules are simple. The rookies will have to carry the keg without dropping it around the ring and cross the finish line. Whomever does this in the fastest time will get immunity from tonight's elimination. So let's get the challenge underway. Michael McGillicuddy, come on down! He is 2-0 so far this season in matches, but this is the first right, competition. Here we go. Remember, immunity is on the line. Ready, set, go! Not only immunity, oh, but... he dropped it! Okay, go! Oh, oh, he, I, but... oh, hang on! I'm sorry you have been disqualified for dropping the keg. Those are the rules. This is NXT! Rookies, I hope you're paying attention. Make sure you get your hands on that keg. Michael, come here. Let's give you an opportunity. What are, you, what are your thoughts? You heard the rules. You dropped the keg. What's going on? I've carried kegs before. There's something with this. I was, I was with Husky Harris the other night. There was a keg a lot. It wasn't as heavy as that thing was. You kidding me? It slipped out of my hands. It doesn't matter. I'll be in first place by the end of the night anyways. Okay, thank you, Michael McGillicuddy. I don't know if it was Husky's fault that you dropped the keg. Lucky Cannon, let's see what you've got. Well, Lucky could be a dark horse in this competition. That keg weighs 160 pounds. Ready, set, go. Remember, season one was uh, won by Heath Slater in the keg carry competition. Remember, Josh has got to cross the finish Heath line. Heath Slater carried the keg just like this. And that is a good time. That okay. is a very good time. 12.7 seconds. Lucky Cannon has the time to beat. Showtime! Percy Watson, come on down! Come on, dance your way down a little quicker, my man. I know you're excited. Okay, ready, set, go! Percy seems to me he'd be more of a wine drinker than a beer drinker. A little more refined, so to speak. Percy, uh, I like those glasses. You think they're special cake-carrying glasses he's got on? Well, of course they are, if he can beat 27. Nope. Oh! Seconds. Lucky Cannon still has the time to beat. Oh, big Eli Cotton. Oh yeah. <laughs> the big basket, former basketball player, seven footer. You played basketball, right? Oh, I played a lot of basketball. Started four years. Yeah, that's because you were homeschooled and an only child. This is for immunity. Ready, set, go. That was so bad. Remember, time to beat 12.7 seconds set by Lucky Cannon. Eli Cottonwood trying to uh, hurry up. hustle around the ring with that 160-pound keg, and he will not beat the time, I can tell you that right now. So close. And the keg went rolling away. Go get it, Matt. Caval, please step forward. This is oh. going to be interesting. The underdog perhaps going to need all his discipline here. Hindu squats to warm up. Ready, set, go! Swagger, in all seriousness, this thing weighs just as much as I do. So I'm not going to pose any more risk to my body unless it's in that very ring for the WWE Universe. 
as that was. Immunity's on the line, remember, for the first All elimination. Right. Some would say that that sounds like a crock, but okay. Big Titus O'Neil, come on down and make an impression. Well, I think this man can make an impression. He is huge. 12.7 seconds, the time to beat. Are you ready? Set. Go get him. I think he uh, threw some kegs around at the University of Florida. Let's see. Oh! oh. You know the rules, you got caught up here. Let's take another look at what happened to Titus here. I don't think Titus got his feet underneath him as he was carrying the keg. No. What happened right there? This is one of the reasons why you don't drink, ladies and gentlemen. And if you do, if you do, please don't drive. That's what I tried to do just now. Try to make it a win. <laughs> All right, Titus O'Neill. Now, I'm going to cut this clip for just a second. He tried to make it a win. If you didn't see the show, I can't exactly tell you exactly what happened. Titus O'Neill grabs the thing, starts to run around the ring, loses his footing, and damn near swantons the keg, and damn near breaks his neck. So a very interesting turn of events for Titus O'Neill. But hey, he tried to make it a win, ladies and gentlemen, and that's all that counts in the end. Let's look at a slow replay of that, can we? Slow motion replay. You'll see it for yourselves here one more time as you're preparing to vote on WWE.com here on the first NXT poll, and right? I wish you had a telestrator. He almost went head first into the steel post. Well, make it a win, eh, Titus? Husky Harris, come on down. I can guarantee you, Husky's tossed around a through kegs in his day. You can guarantee me that? Well, look at him. He looks like a keg. You look like a pear. You look like a toothpick. <laughs> Ready, set, go. Time to beat, 12.7 seconds, set by Lucky Cannon and Husky Harris. You dropped the keg, you've been disqualified. So, so sorry, Husky. Or was he just disappointed in himself? The army tank with the uh, Ferrari engine didn't make it halfway around the ring. All right, Husky. Let's be professional. That looked like it hurt. Did you get hurt doing that? You're pretty brave for even saying a word to me. So how about you back off? And I'll worry about what happens to me. Remember, Husky uh, made an impact uh, taking out Matt Stryker last week at the conclusion of NXT. Well, I guess the tensions are running hard. Remember, someone's going to be eliminated tonight. Final one here. The final one, A-Rye, Alex Riley. Is A-Rye really catching up? I think so. 12.7 seconds, the time to beat the varsity villain. Lucky Cannon is the leader. You are looking for immunity. Ready, set, go! Can Alex Riley beat the 12.7 second time to beat? And not really got to start to pick up some time here, and not I don't think chance, he's going to do it. Cole, come just on, stop. Come, it's on, not come on, come on, come on. He is struggling to get to the finish Ooh, line, and he doesn't do it. Oh, no! Great that try. Means Lucky Cannon has immunity! 
lucky. This is a big deal. You're safe for tonight. Yes. How do you feel? Man, I feel awesome right now. You know what? Some of those guys back there, they're a little bit bigger than me. Some of them, hey, might have been a little bit faster, but you know what? What I lack in size and speed, I'm making up for heart. Tonight and every night, because anything in life worth having is worth fighting for. And so there you have it. Lucky Cannon, your winner for tonight's challenge. He gets the immunity, but it's kind of all for naught uh, as we kind of move on for the rest of the night. There was two matches on the card, of course. Uh, they had another Raw rebound where they replayed what happened last night on Raw as it relates to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat and the boys from the Nexus. But as far as what else took place, we had two matches on the card, the first one being uh, MVP taking on the rookie Husky Harris. And I didn't catch a lot of that match. I was actually doing a lot of stuff, but I was listening to it. Uh, looking in the chat, I know that there were several of you that, that were not impressed one iota with that match and uh, thought that it went on way too long. Uh, the way they were playing out in the commentary was that Husky was really hanging in there with MVP and it was impressive, but a lot of you thought that uh, Husky Harris was pretty shitty in the ring tonight. And MVP pulls out the win thanks to a pay dirt, a very well-placed pay dirt, taking out uh, Husky Harris and getting the three count. Uh, the next match for tonight was a big six-man tag, uh, pitting Joe Hennig, Lucky Cannon, and Caval against Eli Cottonwood, Alex Riley, and Titus O'Neill. And uh, Caval gets his first win in this season, so now he is... He's uh, one and two. So I guess finally being in a multi-man matchup, he got his first win on season two of NXT, which was surprising. I kind of thought he was going to go the losing streak a la Daniel Bryan, but it's good to see that they're going they're, they're changing things up this season, and we're not seeing a, a complete and utter rehash of what happened uh, in season one as it relates to Caval. Uh, and basically, that's pretty much it for the matches I have one final clip to play, and this is uh, the end of the night, the elimination. So um, with that said, guys, here is the ending of NXT for tonight. Let's go at home, Matt Stryker. Rookies, the moment that you have been anticipating is upon us. You finally get to see how you've been evaluated in the eyes of the WWE pros and in the eyes of the WWE universe. But that anticipation has turned to trepidation. As we learned earlier tonight, one of you will be eliminated. Lucky Cannon, you have immunity due to your victory in the keg carry challenge. So you're safe for tonight. But for the rest of you, the time for talking is over. Let's find out. Let's see the NXT poll. That doesn't surprise me with the internet voting. It's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I didn't think he'd be that high. MVP likes it. Now I could see that. He's been on a roll. That's where I had Mikhail Cody. 
step forward. Now for one of you, this dream is ending a lot quicker than you thought. But for the other guy who remains, it's important to understand that you've got your work cut out for you. You have a long haul ahead of you. With that said, let's see who's going home. Husky Harris just survives. Titus O'Neill is gone. Titus. What's going through your mind right now? You're going home. Take this time. Tell the world why they were wrong. Tell them all about Titus O'Neill, man. Well, I can say this. Just like many of you in this crowd and many of you at home that have had to deal with numerous, way more obstacles than I've had to deal with in this ring. Some of you have fought cancer. Some of you have had to deal with your families going overseas to Afghanistan and not coming back. Some of you have had to teach kids that are so hard to teach and told over and over again what they can't do. Regardless of the fact that I'm going home tonight, I still want all of you to understand and remember that life is a game and you must make it what you can. So while you are living and take each and every opportunity that you can to make it a win. Let's hear it one more time for a class act, Titus O'Neil. Very, very classy. Titus O'Neil did what he could, but it wasn't in the cards for that young man. Gotta respect Titus O'Neil. Gentlemen, you now understand the finality of being on NXT. And the competition will intensify. One of you have already gone home. We're going to find out who's going to be the WWE's next breakout star as NXT continues to roll on. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, your first elimination from this season. Uh, Titus O'Neil. Very, uh, very commendable words for Titus on his way out. Uh, you got to give the guy credit. He came in. He's done a he's done a pretty good job. As far as his in ring stuff, you know, he needs some work. I think he definitely needs work on the promo cutting. But if I were to choose one guy to go home, I, I'm I'm still not a big fan of Eli Cottonwood, and he would have been my uh, my pick to go home tonight. So the fan voting, I don't know how much of a of a factor that really played into things tonight, but. Husky Harris almost at the very bottom, just barely making it. I didn't agree with, uh, you know, Caval sitting at number one after not winning any matches except for tonight. But then again, he is the Brian Danielson of this season as far as uh, people in the IWC love Caval and they want to see him do well in this. So 
obviously he's going to do well in the uh, the pros polls as far as the uh, the internet wrestling community is concerned. Lucky Cannon had a pretty good number. Uh, I think Joe Henning was sitting at number three. I kind of felt like he should have been a little higher than that. I don't know. I, I'm a little intrigued to see where this goes. I didn't expect to see Percy Watson sitting at number two, but I'll give it to Percy. He's done a pretty good job. Whether you like the gimmick or not, he's done a, a decent job uh, of putting things together in the matches we've seen him uh, him work here on NXT. So there you have it. That's it. That's this episode for uh, for Season 2 of NXT. Titus O'Neil, the dream is over, or at least it's been sidelined. I'm sure he'll be back every week to give his input on what's going on with the rest of the uh, Season 2 rookies, uh, quote-unquote. But... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to do a quick news segment. I'm going to bring on uh, Crelly from Headlocks to Headlines, the official news source of Sunday Night Showdown. Uh, Crelly, are you on the line with me? Yes, yes, I am. Sorry. Um, my Skype decided not to let me unmute myself. Um, how are you today, JJ? You know, I'm good. I- I'm, doing, I'm doing pretty good, man. I-, I can't really complain. And if I did, nobody would listen anyway, right? So it's all good. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of shocked that they've that they that they voted off um, O'Neill. Uh, as you know, that he he is a, a follower of mine on Twitter, so I think they should have got rid of the big walking tree. But I'm pretty sure we we will see him come back. Now, truth be told, soon. truth be told, Crowley, I think the reason Titus O'Neill was eliminated tonight was because he is following you on Twitter. Oh, this is true. All, all my Twitter friends seem to be unemployed or not not being used. O'Neill. Jenny Martinez, so Caraval. Today, maybe, maybe I'm just a uh, bad luck for all pro wrestlers. You know what? Who knows? It's possible, my friend. So, what is going on in the news right now? I know there's some stories we didn't touch on last night uh, on Wrestling News Live, mainly because they weren't really confirmed, or we didn't want to put any rumors out there. Uh, but what, what do yeah. you have right now? Well, there was one going on yesterday that I didn't want to post until I got it confirmed, but apparently. Undertaker and Michelle McCool got married on Saturday in Texas. So McCool is now officially um, McCool Mataker. So I guess we send out our our congratulations to uh, the new Miss Taker and Undertaker. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure how Taker got married when he's when he's in a vegetative state. Well, it's real easy. It, it's it's actually really easy. What happens is. Uh, the minister just kind of goes into the uh, to the hospital room uh, with, you know, Michelle McCool, and, and basically she can pretty much get away with anything. Just put the ring on his finger and have somebody imitate the Undertaker, and it's a done deal. I mean, it, it's like going it's like going to Vegas to get married. You know, you don't have to be uh, awake. I mean, I mean, we've seen Triple H get married to Stephanie McMahon when she was inebriated and passed out. So stranger things have happened in professional wrestling. But all kidding aside, no, seriously. Um, can, you know, congratulations go out to uh, to both the Undertaker and Michelle McCool on uh, on their nuptials on Saturday. So, congratulations, guys! That's awesome. And there's also another news story. Apparently, CM Punk will be out of actual out of in ring action for up to two months after having surgery on his on, on one of his arms this past weekend. So that kind of writes him out of any possible like pay per view for the next two months or month also oh, month to two months. Just kind of sucking because he was really involved in this big um, storyline with Kane. So I'm guessing they somehow have to try and sideline that for, for, uh, for a month or two. 
Well, you know, that that's interesting uh, considering that we've got a money in the bank coming up and I was really thinking that he was going to be one of the uh the ones that was going to be participating in that. Was was he not on the list of SmackDown um, superstars to to participate in that? I don't I mean, I'll, I'll create a proper list. I don't think he was. But I I'm like but with 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 him being um injured and with uh McIntyre being deported. Right now that SmackDown uh money bank is quickly losing star power because you just lost two of arguably the biggest heels. I'm just putting up the uh I do have the list. Um it is it is kind of a spoiler for this week's SmackDown, so if you don't want to know who's gonna be in SmackDown's money in the bank I, I, I'm sure that, that that's enough time to let people run away from spoilers. Um, on Saturday night, it was confirmed that Kane, Christian, Big Show, Matt Hardy, and Cody Rhodes would be in the Money in the Bank for Saturday Wow, Cody Rhodes. Dashing Cody Rhodes, getting a push now that he's been on NXT, and he's coaching his rookie, Husky Harris. So good on Cody Rhodes for, for making it to the Money in the Bank. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it seems like this year... Or in these money banks, they are kind of pushing one mid-card talent. Like, on Raw, you have Evan Bourne being pushed into this match. Now you've got Cody Rhodes. This, and this match, it, it does have two uh, two big guys that can take bumps in Kane and Big Show. And the uh, the, the, master, the master of the ladder match, Christian and uh, and Matt Hardy. So you, you can bet uh, your, your bottom throat there will be a few decent bumps with those. And also you've got Kingston and so that should be a pretty interesting uh, SmackDown Money in the Bank. Well, you know, they they hammer this in every time you watch Raw or any of the shows, you know, uh, that they have on any network for WWE. Uh, it's always, you know, every person who's cat who's won the Money in the Bank because you know they they forget about Mister uh, Mister Kennedy. Every person who's won Money in the Bank has cashed that that championship uh, briefcase in and won the title. With two Money in the Bank matches going into this pay-per-view, I can almost guarantee that when you have two Money in the Bank winners, one of them will be the first ever to cash it in and not win the title. It is almost a certainty at this point. I cannot see them having two Money in the Bank ladder matches, having two guys cash it in and win the, win the title. I, I just I don't see it happening. Uh, you know, my prediction as far as the Raw Money in the Bank goes... I have a feeling that John Morrison wins it, but he's probably uh, going to be the first guy to cash it in and not win, just because they don't seem to know what to do with him, and I don't know what the problem is there with Morrison. I guess I'm a homer for Morrison, but in my opinion, that's that's kind of what I see happening. I don't want to see that happen. I would love to see him win Money in the Bank, cash it in, and get a title run later on in the year, but I really think that if he does, in fact, win Money in the Bank this year, that he will cash it in and not win. I just I have that feeling. I think, and I think it's more. I think Evan Bourne might win the Raw one, just because he's he's getting this big push backstage from John Cena, and to put him as a guy, kind of like a uh, guy that flirts between the top and middle card, have him win it, but don't and like and like have him go, go cash it in and have him lose it, because yes, he he won't get the title, but he'll get some new fans and and the new st- uh, status in the company, and as for SmackDown, I'm. I've been saying this for the last few years. Christian will win it, but but no like he won't win it. But I I want to see Christian win it because Christian he's he's kind of been lost lost in the shuffle since moving to SmackDown. 
this feud with Dolph Ziggler. Mendy Ziggler over. Didn't really get game over. And I, I just want Christian to get what, what he's earned. He's one of the guys that has actually earned a title and they yet to win it. No, I'm with you on, on Christian. As far as the SmackDown, uh, I would be really shocked if Christian didn't come out of the money in the bank uh, with that briefcase because we all know when it comes to ladder matches, DLC matches, you know, Christian is one half of those uh, of that tag team that always seems to come out on top. And, you know, whether it's a singles match or, or whatever, he's always done well in the ladder match. In all honesty, he's going to have to be the guy on SmackDown to win it. It's it's time for him to get his due and possibly get, you know, a run with a big championship on the SmackDown brand. Yeah, and they need someone that a uh, constant face that can be there the whole time. Like, Undertaker cannot be there the whole time he's injured. Rey Mysterio was meant to take a month for holiday, and that's why he, he, he missed last month, oh, sorry, last week's SmackDown. They need someone who can be there week in, week out, that the fans are behind and trust, and who is a capable worker. And Christian ticks all those boxes. And, like, like, we, like we've said on, 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 uh, on numerous shows, Christian has earned has his stripes. He, he, he went to TNA, got over as a singles wrestler, he, he, and he carried the brand of his, of, of his W for close to a year. And for that, a guy has to be, has to be rewarded, not, not just chucking the feud with Dolph Ziggler. No, I agree. Um, you had mentioned earlier, too, that uh, the visas for both Wade Barrett and Drew McIntyre are kind of in jeopardy. I read something today that not only are these two in some jeopardy, but there's talk of, you know, Sheamus could be next because I think he's he had his work visa uh, basically scheduled around the same time that both McIntyre and Barrett got theirs. And so with him being the WWE champion right now, it kind of makes you wonder if they're going to take that belt off of him just for fear of the fact that his visa might be coming, uh, might be coming up really soon. Yeah, I've not heard about Seamus, but if they're if they're about to lose three of their top international talents to visa, someone in that company's got to pull their finger out because you can't have your three top international talents be sent back to England and Ireland respectively, and not and like just think about it. If if TNA is smart, they could easily get the visa sent out. Because WWE it's apparently slow doing this. Well, I mean, Just, uh, okay. no, that's all right. I was going to say, let's be honest. I mean, you you said it a second ago. If in fact there is this talk of of these visas not being renewed, and obviously we have a problem with Barrett and uh, and McIntyre, it just seems to me that that somebody really needs to uh get terminated over this in the WWE because you know who's who's keeping track of this stuff who's the one that's issuing and and trying to get these work visas for these wrestlers i mean obviously it's not in their particular hands but you know a company like the WWE it it doesn't seem uh you know out of the realm of possibility that in the very near future that we're going to see somebody get future endeavored from this company for not doing their job and that's you know keeping track of these visas and making sure that everything gets straightened out and like if and if if worse comes to worse, WWE might might have to release the talent. So could could you imagine going on WWE.com and seeing WWE release Sheamus? Because sometimes they they might have to release him just to bring him back. And if you got to release a former world champion and two guys that are potential world champions, just because someone fucked up and didn't do the visas, someone's getting fired for it. No, I, I agree. You know what's funny? I caught a video recently. I don't know if anybody has picked up the DX, you know, DVD, like the best of DX with uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. But they're uh, on that particular video. 
there is, uh, I think this was in like England or, or yeah, I think it was the O2 Arena or something. They had a show where DX is basically being escorted out by security. And two of the guys that are wearing the security T-shirts, and they're very noticeable now, and I guess this was back in 06, maybe 07, but you go back and you look at the footage, and it's, it's, <laughs> it's Seamus and, and Wade Barrett. And the funny thing is, Seamus actually gets pedigreed by Triple H. And I yeah, thought, wow, are. I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty awesome to go back and, and, you know, look on these videos and see Barrett and, and Seamus, you know, in those roles as security guards. And now, you know, they're, they're getting to be pretty big deals. I mean, Seamus is a world champion, for God's sake. And, you know, Barrett is starting to get his due. It's just funny to go back and see that thing that, uh, you know, they were, in fact, uh, you know, hired professional wrestlers as security guards that night. And to see where their career has, has kind of come in the last two or three years, I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. And I believe that Seamus, out of that whole security guard thing, he was the last man standing. I know it's a random note, but it's still funny. But uh, I, and I was hoping, I was really hoping that because Barrett's got this guaranteed title shot, that we would get an uh, English versus Irish World Championship match, because that would make money. If if not if not in America, that would that would get such a big buy rate from here in England. Because when when was the last time we had two um, European wrestlers who uh, feuding for a world title? Well, it's been a while, man. It's been a, it's two European wrestlers feuding over a world championship. The only one that really comes to mind, to be honest, Crelly, would be WCW, and it wasn't a world championship. Well, I mean, I guess it was. It was the world television title back when Davy Boy Smith was trying to take the title from uh, from uh, Regal. Mm. And like, if if Wade Barrett came to England as world champion, I did not when I when I went to the tapings here in in the O2 Arena. Wade Barrett got the biggest pop all night, and that beat John. That beat like John Cena. Um, it beat all the top faces. Hell, we, it it beat Daniel Bryan, and, and like he was super over with the English fans. Okay, so if he came back here as world champion, that would be freaking money, dude. That that would be incredible ticket sales. Like they get, I saw when they last came here, they got twenty thousand people at a house show. They could easily double that if they got world champion as Wade Barrett. That would be interesting. Um, one thing I kind of want to bring up really quickly, and, and I know this this almost segues into the video game segment, but uh, you know a lot of people are questioning why did the Miz get the U.S. Championship uh, recently after that fatal four way? And oh yes, but, but okay, on. no, that's all right. And what I'm hearing, and you probably have the story in front of you, but what I'm hearing is that. The reason they decided to go with The Miz as the U.S. champion was so that he was going to be at E3 promoting the SmackDown vs. Raw 2011 uh, video game. And in fact, they put it on him to be an ambassador of the company because it's always good to have someone who's knowledgeable in video games and is a champion to kind of uh, showcase what's going on you know, at the video game booth. So that's the main reason why The Miz got the uh, U.S. title for the second time going, at, going right into E3. Yeah, that's basically it. Was true. They 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 gave him the belt on Raw A to put over the fact that Total can change hands in in a fatal way, and B, as you said, to have someone with gaming knowledge go to an event that is being globally watched 
and to have a world champion or have a champion there kind of gives credibility to the company. Right? And that's why they gave him the belt. And, you know, like we were talking about last night on Wrestling News Live, uh, you know, there's a video circulating that some douchebag put out where he tried to piss the miss off or piss the Miz off and heckled him the whole time and, you know, tried to make himself out to be somebody. And the Miz, to his credit, handled that situation as professionally as he could and good on him. I mean, he is a good ambassador for the company. Whether you like the Miz or you don't, you have to give him the respect uh, and say that he handled himself well and he is, in fact, uh, a very good ambassador to the company. Mm, and, like, and like, yeah, he is. And by, because I'm pretty sure if he would have, like, just, Pit like like just shout back at this guy. That would have been bad heat for company, bad heat for himself. But by doing by but by being smart and being professional and keeping his head, and like basically just be being chilled, he made himself look much better. And the company did not get any negative press from it at all. Yeah, you know they're bringing up in the chat room. If it would have been like the Iron Sheik or the Warrior, they probably would have ripped the guy's fucking head off and you know shit down his neck right there and the, right there on the on the crowd floor at E three. Uh, you know, I mean, Sheik probably would have would have killed the guy right there. I mean, it's you motherfucker! I I fuck you in the ass. I put you in camel clutch, bend you over, and make you humble. You no mess with the Iron Sheik, motherfucker. That would be quite epic, but I'm pretty sure that that would be a bit bad a bit bad publicity. But like I said, you've got to give the Miz a ton of credit because he is such a good. Uh, Character and um, aspect to to WWE, and from and from a guy that went from being on re- reality TV to being a quite good asset to the company, he's done a, a good a good job himself over the last few years. I swear, I want to call the Iron Sheik and offer him a show on this network. Probably that the highest rated show ever. If we had the Iron Sheik on here, that would be awesome. Every night <laughs> would be an adventure. I, well, I do have him on Twitter. I could use my Twitter whoring powers to persuade him. <laughs> nice. Dude, his tweets are just crazy. Like, Hulk Hogan, I rape your ass. Like, seriously, if if you're on Twitter, just follow him. It's just an instant laugh when when he tweets. So is there any other big news that's out there right going on right now, Crelly? Nah, not really. Smackdown tapings, meh. I can't find the TNA results, so... No, I mean, that's the biggest news. Taker's married, Punk's injured, and the Miz is awesome. And we've got visa problems. So, you know, just just a, a typical week for the WWE and wrestling in general. Yeah, visa problems, possible world champion, not going to be there. Sounds good. You can't. And that, and that there is what they call it, world wrestling entertainment. They've got to find some entertaining aspects, and someone probably just had a bit of a laugh going, you know what? I won't re-sign this visa. You can fuck off. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> anyway, I think it's time for some video gaming news. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure someone wants to jump on and talk some video gaming. So I will clear the airways and just be in the chat room, being my general awesome self. Sounds good, Crelly. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take a quick commercial break, guys. We'll come back. Uh, we're going to bring Sean on to do some video gaming. We're going to take a, a shorter show than usual. I know Sean is probably uh, in and out of consciousness right now. He's had a long day, and I know he won't be on for too long. We're going to review Transformers. We're going to talk a little video gaming news. After that segment is over, I'll take some phone calls, and you guys can talk about NXT. So with that said, we're going to take our first commercial break of the evening, come back with the sensational Sean, and jump right into video gaming. 
getting enough TNA wrestling? It's time to join TNA Video Vault. TNA Video Vault gives you access to over 300 hours of TNA programming, including every pay-per-view and DVD ever released, as well as other exclusive TNA programs. Get unlimited viewing access for as little as $4.17 per month. Go to TNAVideoVault.com to get started today. I hear voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. Since 1996, Audio Wrestling has been getting in the ring as your definitive source for all your wrestling desires. Interviews with some of pro wrestling's biggest stars. Providing you with a wide selection of award-winning wrestling shows from past and present. Such as Ministry of Slam, Monday Night Mayhem, In Your Head, WrestleCast, Sunday Night Showdown, Wrestling News Live, Between the Ropes, RVD Radio, WrestleCast, and Wrestle Talk Radio, and many others. If you can't get enough Mad Mania, climb into the ring with Audio Wrestling, www.audiowrestling.com, and check out all the real voices of wrestling radio. Audio Wrestling, keeping you tuned in since 1996. Hey guys, it's JJ Sexay here, the CEO of the SNS Radio Network. Just a quick preview of what you can find each and every week right here on the SNS Radio Network. We start things off every Monday night at 11.30 p.m. Eastern with Wrestling News Live, myself and the Trey Dog. Tuesday, we've got the Carnage Crew coming in at 8 p.m. Eastern at 11.30 Eastern on Tuesday nights following the Carnage Crew. I'm back with Unplugged, which features talk about WWE's NXT products, and of course, the last hour, it's chocked full of video game goodness. On Friday nights, of course, MMA Now is archived right on the site, and Saturday, we have the Pro Wrestling Rewind, and in a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, that is your week, but on pay-per-view nights, whether it's the WWE or TNA, we bring you live coverage of either show with the flagship Sunday Night Showdown. Just this and more is what you can expect right here at sundaynightshowdown.com, the SNS Radio Network. Some are born to sweet delight, and others born to endless night. Yo, Dre, lay down a beat. Yo, all you do is stutter. It's like which one is dumb and which one is dumber. Shad and JTG, you wanna bees? Welcome to the dirt sheet. They say I'm a hottie, the girls all want me. They get hungry for peanut butter and Johnny. Mmm, cause I'm the shaman of sex. See, Shad, tell your mom to stop texting me. But I guess I can't really blame her. I'm the honcho of hotness. 
the lady tamer. Honestly, follow me. Here's a philosophy. Shad's girl has a face like a wallaby. Yes, I got sideburns and fur coats. I think deep, but I can still hit the high notes. When I met Jesus, I stole his halo. Cause no one can stop my Taekwondo. I do what I want. That's how I roll. You too? Just a couple mofos. Just a couple mofos. Just a couple mofos. I'm the M.I.Z. Grand Mizzle of Lust. Step to me, son, you'll be biting the dust. I go to parties, rent carpets, let me A-list events. Where's crime child struggling to pay the rent? We J-Mo and Niz. Wrestling's pranksters. Crime time? Wrestling's fakers. Gangs from the hood? Huh, not really. I far the worst things from a bowl of chills. J.G.G. Nobody likes your style. You're the new Steve Urkel. Drunk in the Shag claims broken, but he's always taking a beating. Come to L.A. with a week of kills. Crime time. You're killing the business. Because we all know you're just a bunch of misfits. Misfits. Bunch of misfits. Misfits. I'm John Morrison. He's supersonic. JTG meets hooked on tonics. I'm the miss. He got hats like Slash. Shad Reeks. Like a pile of trash. The dirt sheet. Got tons of groupies. Word up. Old news like Snoopy. The dirt sheet. Should win an Emmy. Word up. Ain't, Ain't worth, worth a penny. penny. If you're really sweet, you don't have to say so. You two are just, just a couple mofos. Just a couple mofos. You go to clubs, but you never get digits. You two are a bunch of misfits. Misfits, misfits. Bunch of misfits. Word up to your mother. We out of here. Be jealous. Boys dance in my hair, they count for me, they understand, they talk to me. You got your rules and your religion, all designed to keep you safe. But when rules start getting broken, you start questioning your faith. All right, guys, we're back right here on Unplugged, and I do hear voices in my head. Sometimes they make sense, sometimes they don't. But quite frankly, that's not the point. Joining me on the phone line right here tonight, my co-host for the gaming segment, the guru of gaming, ladies and gentlemen, the sensational Sean. It's just been a really crazy day, and I've got an entire crazy week, which culminates with probably a great next week which i should go ahead and make that announcement i will not be on unplugged next week i will be taking my happy self down to myrtle beach south carolina and enjoying the boardwalk along with beautiful women and family and friends um because as we know next week is the week that is on sunday is the day that we i think it's sunday Sunday is the day that America celebrates our independence from those limey, scum-sucking bastards known as the British. Is Curly still in the room? No, he isn't. Good. <laughs> wow. But I get to enjoy myself with other Americans enjoying the greatest things in life, fireworks, explosives, just all culminating to a great week. But uh, I'll come back 
on Thursday, uh, go back to work on Friday, and uh, it's going to be, I can't wait, but uh, y'all will definitely have somebody here with JJ, I guess, he'll find somebody out, out of the corner, pull him into the light and say, welcome, you are unplugged, who is this? And uh, that'll be your unplug for next week. But uh, this week, we are going with me on the verge of consciousness. We're going to review Transformers, War for Cybertron. We're going to talk a little gaming news. I'm going to go put my head down somewhere after all this. I'm going to pass out because i got to go back and do it all again tomorrow. Sounds like fun, man. Oh, yeah. I love my job. And the best part is I get Friday off just because I'm doing all this. So it's great. I get an extra on vacation. Yay. Well, very cool. I know that I will definitely be uh, celebrating on Sunday, July 4th, because, uh, you know, I'm still an American citizen and very much the uh, very much a red-blooded American. So I still celebrate every major American holiday and even the Canadian ones. So sometimes we get two different holidays here because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but. This was the strangest thing when I first moved here four years ago, uh, learning that Thanksgiving actually happens in October, and it happens before Halloween, ladies and gentlemen, here in Canada. And growing up all those years in the United States, you know, Thanksgiving is always the, what, fourth Thursday in the month of November. Yeah, the last Thursday, yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, what? You have Thanksgiving before Halloween? What kind of ass backwards country is this? It's so, Mexico North. What else? The, the the source of many arguments, and and I even had an argument with Harmony once, and I said, "Oh, did the fucking pilgrims land here in Canada <laughs> before they landed over in in you know Plymouth Rock? Is that how that happened?" And and you know you guys had Thanksgiving in October. I said, "Where does this even come from?" So uh, a nice little debate going on with with my family. As it relates to Thanksgiving, and uh, it's definitely an adventure living here in Canada. Canada, Canada. I've renamed the country. Wow, I thought I was tired. Wow, maybe I'm just hearing things. I don't know. So anyway, moving on to our video game talk. Transformers: um, War for Cybertron. It, it, Transformers. It was it was different. I mean, I enjoyed it. I got to I got to play it a little bit more. I enjoyed it. Um, controls were definitely good. Only problem I had with the game altogether. I mean, I enjoyed it. It had all the sounds that's supposed to be there. Uh, Optimus Prime sounded like Optimus Prime. Um, well, yeah, the only Pete, problem I had was what's that? Uh, Peter Cullen did do the voice for Optimus Prime, so uh, it was you know the original voice of Optimus Prime, which was great. Yeah, and I mean. Uh, we had all the basics. There was Optimus Prime. There was Zeta Prime. There was um, Bumblebee. There was Sideswipe. Uh, there was Ironhide. There was Shockwave. There was, I mean, even the Decepticons looked great. Uh, Soundwave was probably one of the coolest because it's been a long time since I've actually heard Soundwave. And the fact that it was the original Soundwave type voice was just the coolest part. It was all computerized and everything. Um, that was really cool. Like I said, the only problem I had with the game itself was uh, some sometimes I couldn't tell the enemies from the background. 
that was my only problem in some of the stages. I couldn't really tell where the enemies were because sometimes they weren't shooting at me. Sometimes they were. I could tell. That was the only problem I had. Everything else was really good. Um, I enjoyed it. It'll um, definitely can't wait to uh, get my hands on a little bit more. I've got to send it back because next week they're going to be sending me something else, which completely took my attention away from Transformers, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, what did you think, JJ? Well, uh, let me let me kind of preface things for you. If you're not certain on what this game is about, this is the prequel to the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon series. Uh, this, is ha- this is the rise of Optimus Prime. This is how Megatron kind of took control of Cybertron and and kind of corrupted the planet and made everybody have to leave the planet because he, he pretty much destroyed Cybertron. So the really cool thing about this, like he says, Zeta Prime is the leader of the Autobots as this campaign starts. Well, when, when the story starts off initially, uh, you, you have the choice to start off as an Autobot or Decepticon. If you go in order, you start off with the Decepticon campaign, and that's basically Megatron trying to take control of the planet uh, by going after something called Dark Energon. And Starscream is not officially a Decepticon as this thing starts off. Uh, as a matter of fact, he's really the first end boss that you fight uh, as you're trying, because he is basically uh, in charge of this facility and trying to keep Megatron from getting there. So the story plays out when you go into this campaign that once you go past the first level, uh, Starscream basically joins up with the Decepticons. And then the rest of the campaign, uh, you have one level where you actually get to play as Starscream, which which was sad to me because he's my favorite Transformer of all time, and I get one level to play as him. Uh, I really like the controls. I think they did a great job on this game. They really, if you go back and you watch Generation 1 of Transformers, the original cartoon series, there's a lot of nuances that they picked up and put in this game. Uh, The power struggle back and forth between Megatron and Starscream is just, it's bang on. The only thing missing are, you know, like the actual voices of Frank Welker as Megatron and uh, Chris Lotta as Starscream, which unfortunately couldn't happen because, you know, he died several years ago. Um, and Chris Lotta was known not only for voicing Starscream, but of course Cobra Commander in the original G.I. Joe cartoon series. Uh, again, the whole Decepticon campaign, you are going through the planet, you're trying to uh, get the Omega Key so that you can go into the core of Cybertron and inject the whole planet with this dark energon. And your in-boss in the Decepticon campaign is Omega Supreme. And he is a tough motherfucker to beat, let me tell you. Well, I played... I didn't get to Decepticon. I probably should have gone with Decepticon. But um, I got to play as... Uh, I did the first one, which was uh, Autobots. That's who I played as. At, that's how I got started. So I probably should have played as Decepticons first. Well, the, the the cool thing about it is, like I said, if you start the thing off in the actual order, uh, the Decepticon campaign is first. So once you beat Omega Supreme and you've basically you've captured Omega and you're basically bending him to his will, this Dark Energon is, is some pretty cool shit. With the Decepticon campaign, you can be ruthless and merciless. Like, you, you know, you have prisoners that are Autobots that you can decide not to kill or you can just go in and kill them. And, you know... 
you're playing it a totally separate way as when you play in the Autobot campaign. You know, in the Autobots, you're obviously trying to just take out the Decepticon enemies. As the Decepticon, you just fucking lay waste to everything. Doesn't matter. I mean, that's pretty much your plan. You go in and you devastate. The game is a lot like Gears of War as far as the graphic style. Uh, I love the transformations that you can make. The fact that you don't have to have a special level to transform into your vehicular mode. You can do it at any time. I think is great because there were many times I would be you know, going along, transforming into the vehicle mode, and then two seconds later transforming into robot mode because I love the, I love the way that you, uh, you can be driving and then just automatically just boom, right out of it, transform, and then slide for, for several feet in your robot form. I, I just I love how the transformations take place. Um, yeah, they did really good on the transformations. I was really happy with the fact that I'd be in a tunnel and... Both my guys would be walking, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? Forget this. I don't want to walk anymore. I transform right into Optimus Prime's transformation, which is a car. I mean, he hasn't been to Earth yet. He doesn't know about transforming into a truck or whatever. So he transforms into a car, and it works out really good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the fact that it was free transformations. So that was definitely a good thing, in my opinion. And the thing, too, is, you know, you're limited on your ammo. So you're, you're oh, constantly yeah. going through and changing your guns up. You, you have two, you, you can, you start off with one gun. And, of course, when you transform into a vehicle, you have a gun as well. Whether you're a tank, um, you know, you have a cannon gun, or whether you're just, you know, Bumblebee, you, you obviously, you have a gun that you can fire in your vehicular form. Uh, but as you go along the game, you can go and get more powerful guns. When your ammo is out, you're finding new guns to pick up. So... It's really cool in that aspect that your ammunition is limited. You have to use it wisely. But, you know, there are some very hairy situations in this game where, you know, there are points when you're getting your ass literally almost handed to you and you've got to be rushing around screen trying to find Energon to refill yourself or find ammunition. That was my biggest problem. I would run out of ammo. I'd be fucking just killing these motherfuckers and running out of ammo, and then I'd be like, I've got nothing except my, my melee attack, which is cool because... Depending on the character, you either have like a sledgehammer or you have a sword, and they basically do just you know these swiping kills, and one hit usually does kill off your uh, your regular enemies. Now, moving into the second campaign, the Autobot campaign, uh, you know it's not Optimus Prime, obviously, but he is called Optimus, and again, Zeta yeah. Prime is your uh, your leader of the Autobots. Optimus is a soldier. You know you have the option to play as Bumblebee or Optimus. Uh, at one point, you get the option to play as Jetfire or Silverbolt or Air Raid. Uh, and that's that's only just in one level. I think the one level you had Jetfire as a, as a choice. And they really play up a lot of the histories, too. For those of you that were fans of the original uh, Generation 1 cartoon series, Silverbolt was the leader of the aerial bots, and he was scared of heights. Being an airplane, that's that's kind of ironic. But they actually played upon that in this game as well. So there was a lot of back and forth between Prime and Ironhide. Uh, a lot of things that kind of led you right into things. Well, as you progress in the Autobot campaign, your in-boss is Trypticon. And if you don't know who Trypticon is, he's the big fucking uh, triple-changer dinosaur that was almost like a base for them. And he's your in-boss at the end of the game. Once you beat the game, um, I guess right before you beat Trypticon... There comes a scene where you try to rescue Zeta Prime from this uh, from this prison on the Decepticon home city, 
and you basically allow yourself to get captured as Prime and I think Bumblebee and somebody else. And what happens is you escape and you, you try to you free all the Autobot prisoners that are being held hostage there. You attempt to rescue Zeta Prime, but it's too late. I mean, he, he basically dies as you rescue him. And then Prime goes back to the, the High Council that are in hiding. And they basically make him the leader of the Autobots. Uh, there comes a part where right before the ending, you go into the core of Cybertron to try and fix the damage that's been done to the Dark Energon. And the core actually speaks to Prime and says that the only way to fix this would be to shut the core down, and it would have to be shut down for millennia, and that all the Transformers would have to leave the homeworld Cybertron because the planet would not function for a millennia. So that leads him to start you know, evacuating the planet, and he, at that point, decides to make an arc uh, so that when it's time for them to leave, they can get on the arc and, and make their way out into the universe. Well, the core actually has the Autobot Matrix of Leadership and passes it to Optimus Prime. And that's how he gets the Autobot Matrix of Leadership. So the story is really good in this, and it really ties into uh, the Transformers lore of the original cartoon series. And i, I got to be honest, High Moon did a fantastic job with this game. This is by far the best Transformers game that has ever been made. I mean, I, that's, that's the best I can tell you. I, I hope that they make sequels off of this. I really do, because there were characters that I would love to see, the Dinobots especially, Grimlock. I would love to see more interaction with, with Starscream, play character. You know, I mean, there, I would love to see DLC episodes for this game, but, you know, IGN gave it a 9. After playing it, I, ha I have beaten the game. I, I beat it in two days. It's a short campaign. It really is. I mean, it, it doesn't take long to go through the whole game. Uh, of course, I went through on easy. I'll probably go back later and just try and find out, you know, how hard it is on the on the most difficult setting. But uh, you do unlock certain characters for multiplayer. I know Slipstream is the Decepticon that you can unlock to play in multiplayer. I have not played online co-op with anybody because you have yourself and two other people that can play any of these campaigns together since you have three people on screen at one time. I tried to play some multiplayer the other night. And it seems like it was a little laggy in certain spots, and I kept getting kicked out because either not enough people were, were there or there were too many. Uh, but from the aspect that I played from the campaign, this game is, is solid, and I hope that they make more games with this studio. It's obvious that the studio that did this loved the Transformers. They, were, they grew up Transformers fans, and it translated well to the game. So it is on Xbox 360. It is on the PlayStation 3. I recommend you pick this game up. I don't regret buying this game. In fact, I will probably play some more tonight, probably go back through the campaign and play on the hardest setting just to see how well I do. I uh, I will probably at some point re request this again because I definitely did enjoy. Um, like I said, another game caught my attention whenever I, uh, whenever I started playing. And me being me and my ADD kicking in, I pretty much was, oh, I want to play this. I'm going to play this instead. So I blame the fact that I didn't get the chance to fully play on the fact that my ADD kicked in. So I will retry this game as I did thoroughly enjoy it when I started to replay it. Um, I got a little bit into the Autobot. I want to try the Decepticon out. I may even go back and pick up the uh, cartoon series. 
and start watching that because it's been a long time since I've seen the cartoon series. So uh, this is definitely a buy, as JJ said. Um, he enjoyed it. So if JJ says he enjoys it, it's a good game. Trust me. Oh, and, and the, um, the the best part is after you beat game, and I know that uh, Shamalama Ding Dong is talking about how I only talk about Xbox stuff. Well, that's not entirely accurate. We talk Xbox and PS3. I have an Xbox 360. Sean has both. And we do give Xbox the same amount of love we do Xbox 360. So I'm not really sure where that argument's coming in since this game is on both systems. If you want to go mark out the Sony, I've got no problem letting you go talk to Curly. He'll uh, he'll give you all the love you want. Uh, he's definitely a mark for Sony. I'm a mark, like, I'll claim it. I'm a fanboy for 360. I've had it for longer, um, but I'm a huge Microsoft fanatic. So, But I do give equal love to both consoles. So don't try to say we're giving more love to one than we are to the other because we talk about all news whatsoever. Put the hater aid down. We, we cover the news. We cover the games. It's yeah. all good. Like I've got no problem covering all consoles, especially when it comes to video games as I... Own both both major consoles, not the Wii, because I don't care about the Wii. That's JJ's field. Well, look at it this way: don't hate the player, hate the video game companies. <laughs> but um, as we were saying, uh, Transformers: War for Cybertron definitely a pickup, definitely a buy. Go pick it up. Uh, I'm pretty sure because uh, this is pretty much rated out to. Uh, be the top seller for the week, I believe. Uh, I'm waiting for word back on the English, uh, the English um, boards to see what happens to what what their high game is because I know that last week. Uh, let me see if I got it up. Uh, Harry Potter won the uh, the UK boards over Red Dead Redemption, so. We possibly might see... Oh, there it is. Warbur Cybertron came in number 8. So, apparently the UK doesn't like Transformers as much as we do. But, uh... I definitely expect to see it near the top 10 for America. Well, I I, I have to say, this is definitely... They're going to have to make another one because they did such a great job with this one. Uh, If you go on YouTube, you can probably find the ending credits of the game, which are hilarious because there's like a new redone Transformers song, which is, which is, I mean, it sounds like an 80s song, but it's not. It's obviously new. But the thing is, you go through and you watch all these different animations and stuff, and, and they put a lot of stuff into it. Uh, the very last animation has Bumblebee pulling up in his in his uh, his Cybertron car form, and then the doors open up, and you get like eight of the fucking Transformers coming out of the car, a la like a clown thing. So you got like yeah. Prime and Ironhide and Jetfire and all these other guys coming out of the uh out of uh Bumblebee. And then as soon as everybody gets out of the car, he transforms and runs off behind him. It's fucking hilarious. That does sound pretty good. I I'll definitely have to pick it up again cuz like I said, I'm sending it back today or tomorrow, whatever, so I can pick up my next game next week, which is Crackdown 2. Um I'll claim it I got the demo. I've been hardcore on the demo for a while. I actually had to stop the demo 
so I could play Transformers a little bit more because the demo is only 30 minutes long and it is massively awesome. Um, there's no story whatsoever. Uh, it doesn't feel like there's a story, but there is a story. I gotta say that it's not not no linear whatsoever. It's the best sandbox game out there that will be coming out. Um, it is massively, extremely good. I think you would enjoy it, JJ, just for the fact that it's a la, it's a la Grand Theft Auto 4. Sean, are you still there? Roger. Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, you just you kind of crapped Can out there. Me? Yeah, I, you, I lost you there for a second. I thought you just jobbed the Skype, but okay. No, I was gonna um, I, I was gonna say one other thing in regards to Transformers. I don't know if you knew this, but I mentioned that IGN gave it a nine. Uh, Gamespot yeah. actually gave it a six point five. That's that's quite the margin of error between both. A lot of people are saying that IGN was paid. To give it such a high rating. I don't believe that. I think that whoever rated it on IGN was a Transformers fan. And well, Game, GameSpot, to me, is a little objective in their reviews. I mean, they, they kind of seem pretty hoity-toity a lot of times. My thing is with both of those websites who who are paid off. I will claim it. I, um, I was talking to one of the guys who got fired from GameStop, GameSpot. Uh, it was the guy, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. It was back when it happened, uh, back when they reviewed Kane and Lynch. Yeah. Uh, he was fired two weeks after his review because of the fact he gave it a 4.5 and they were, uh, massively, uh, advertising the entire game. Like they were putting all this stuff on their pages and he gave it a 4.5 because the game sucked. 6.5, whatever. Uh, the game, game completely sucked and, because the uh, the rating it deserved, so they fired him because of that, and they claim it, it it wasn't because of that, but it was, and they just won't. Am I still in the air? Yeah, you're you're here. You just you you were cutting in and out there for a second. You just won't what? Okay. Uh, I just don't want to read that website anymore. I actually left that website. Jeff Gertzman is the name. Thank you, One Man X in the chat room. Um. I don't go to GameStop, GameSpot, period, ever again, because they fired somebody because of the fact he gave the, a low rating. Um, IGN, I feel at some points they are paid because of some of the reviews. A lot of people will say that the game sucks, and it'll be in the the fan reviews, and sometimes they're, they're like, hey, we like the game, and people are like, really? Because game sucks. Don't know why. Um, I, I I go both places for my news. I don't go for reviews anymore. If I want reviews, I'll call people and say, "Hey, what'd you think of of uh, this game?" And they'll give me their honest review. I nobody's paid off that I know anymore, but uh, major websites are paid off, and I just don't want to deal with it. Well, Charles Shane in the chat says, "Go to Giant Bomb for all the game news." Uh, that's I've never even heard of Giant Bomb, so I'll have to check that out. I mean, I'm bringing it up now. Let's see what it is. And I just got bombed with porn. Thank you, Charles. I'm but bottom line, I want to say this. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed the uh, the Transformers game. If I had to give it a grade, I'd probably say an 8.5 because I really felt that it was short, but I liked it. So, I mean, honestly, this is the best Transformers game to date, period, on any system. 
So I'll claim it. I enjoyed the the one that came came out for PS3 that tied in with the movie. I enjoyed it. I'll be that one person in the background that says, "Hey, I liked it," just because it was different at the time. But uh, this is definitely the one that's kind of like, you know what? Yeah, this is a good. This is a great game. So. All right. So, is there any any video game news that you wanted to cover really quickly, or? Um. Yeah. There's a few things. Uh, other than the fact that everybody needs to go download uh, Crackdown Two, and play that. Uh, you'll enjoy. Uh, you'll enjoy that. Trust me. Um. There's one that kind of piqued my interest a lot. Uh, Bungie, who is creating their last Halo game, uh, Halo Reach, uh, had considered a Halo Four before going with Reach. Basically, to say, to go to finish the story up because apparently Chief isn't dead; he's in cryo sleep. So they wanted to go back and redo the story, but then they decided that Halo Reach was the final story that they wanted to do, and decided that Halo Four will have to wait to, for another company to come along and take it. So, if you want Halo Four, call Bungie and tell them to give the. Uh, give the engine to somebody else so they can do it. Um, the, uh, the PlayStation Plus network started up today. And uh, let me see if I can find some stuff that has... Uh, they've got some really good stuff priced uh, going through... You can you can get if you got the PlayStation Plus you could buy Mortal Kombat 2 for $2.50. You could get some add-ons. Uh let's see there's Fat Princess for 3.99. Warhawk is free. Um you can get some minis which I have no clue what those are. You get Age of Zombies for free. You get Rally Cost for free. And then you get a demo for Infamous, which is free. So um, I'm thinking that this might be a good deal, and I may try it out and see how it works. And if it doesn't work, then oh well, I'm done. Because it doesn't really matter to me. It's just like 10 bucks. So um, I did a review for the website a few months ago called Metro 2033. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I remember that. Uh, well, they announced the sequel. Uh, Metro 2034, the sequel. It will be coming out uh, apparently within the next year or two. Um, Metro 2033 was definitely a fun game. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. It was one of those games that came out and it was under the radar so much that it became an underground hit. And then once it became a underground everybody was like i want to go play this and it turned out to be kind of like a doom-esque game um if you get a chance it's definitely one to check out um apparently it might be coming out with 3d in the near future and if it does that would be really cool um most games are going to 3d so we'll see how that goes um one last piece of news hulu plus on xbox live will be a custom experience and will be restricted to xbox live gold members um, apparently, Hulu is coming to Xbox and PS3. Uh, that's definitely different. 
I don't really care, but apparently Hulu is coming, and you can watch it with all your friends. It'll be uh, Xbox Live party support, so all your Xbox Lives can come and watch you watch a mo- watch a TV show. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so uh, don't invite me to watch uh, Dancing with the Queers or whatever. I don't want to watch that stuff. Who are you talking to? You. Really? Because yeah. I watch Dancing with Queers. I don't know. Wow. I don't know what you watch. Sean, you're just really reaching tonight, aren't you, man? You're just... You're out there, and it's just not even funny. Yeah, I'm out there, and it's just, I don't care tonight. I think I'm going to have to suspend you for a week. Can I Can I get really mad then? Oh, never mind. Anyway, is there anything else? I know you're tired. I won't I won't hold you up. So if you're, if you're ready to go to bed, then get the fuck out of here. And don't come okay, back for a um, week. What? And don't come back for two fucking weeks. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to hear you next week. You are hereby suspended for a week. Okay, come back the week after. All right. Okay, I got no problem. Um, probably the week after, I'll have a review for Crackdown too. Um, definitely looking forward to it. Uh, later on, July is Starcraft two. Uh, y'all will definitely be getting a a massive review when that comes out. Um, yeah, Concept brings up a good point in the chat room. Uh. What was your idea for the Mass Effect movie? And I'll let you do that as I'm logging off. So I want to thank y'all for staying up late with me and listening, and I'm going to go pass out now. Get the fuck out of here. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Go watch Dancing with Queers. Uh, I've just featured Endeavored somebody this week. You want to be number two? (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Peace. Bye. All right, as far as Mass Effect is concerned, and yes, thank you for bringing that up. I was just about to cover that as soon as we kicked dumbass off the fucking line. Um, as far as Mass Effect is concerned, what I'm, what I'm worried about is that they're going to make this movie. It's going to be a two-hour movie that's going to be everything just bunched into two hours. And it's really not going to set anything up, and it's going to fail miserably. So this is how I would do Mass Effect if it were me. I would kind of take the Star Wars formula and really branch that first game out into a trilogy. Because when you think about it, that could work. You look at the story of Mass Effect, and I'm a little rusty on everything that went down, but at the beginning of the game, it deals with Eden Prime, the invasion on Eden Prime. It deals with you as Shepard checking it out. You're picking up uh, the one surviving soldier from Eden Prime, Ashley. You go to Citadel, and you're meeting other characters like Tally and Garrus to kind of bring along. And the whole time you're on Citadel, it's basically about you're trying to prove that Saren has gone rogue and is a rogue specter. So the whole first movie is about you becoming a specter. And that is how the first movie ends. You know, the main point in the ending of that movie is that Shepard finally becomes a specter and gets control of the Normandy and he sets out to go find Saren. And that is how you end the first movie in Mass Effect. So basically, the movie starts off uh, with maybe some backstory to where Shepard came from, 
you would obviously have uh what's his name the the captain talking to the to the ambassador about you know this is the guy that we want to try to get to be a specter i really think that they should play up the the whole thing with eden prime like you should actually see the invasion of eden prime how the geth come in and wipe the whole people out you should see everything that went on with Saren on that we're talking a movie that's going to run about an hour to an hour and a half to maybe two hours once you get to Citadel, you're running around trying to do all these things, trying to you know uh, find out information. You, you hook up with Garrus. You uh, you're looking for the uh, you're looking for Tali. You're trying to find out more information on how Saren has gone crooked, and then you you compile all that information. So a vast majority, you're going to have this take place on both Eden Prime and on Citadel, and so that whole first part of the movie. That's pretty much the way it goes. And again, you end with him becoming a specter, getting control of the Normandy, and heading out on his uh, on his mission. You know, the second one, you're pretty much on your missions, looking for Saren. You can put, I, I I mean, as far as that movie goes, I don't know. I'm just talking about the first Mass Effect, like the first game. I'm looking at the first movie, and that's how you do it. And you make them dark, and you don't have happy endings. You know. You even have flashbacks in the first one to how uh, the original captain was up for being a specter and then Saren kind of cheated him out of that experience. So there's a lot of flashbacks and there's a lot of things. I think if you took that formula, that would probably be a successful franchise, at least for the first for the first movie. If you took the whole game and crammed two hours into that, that movie is going to be such a clusterfuck. It wouldn't even be funny. But that's how I would work Mass Effect into a major motion picture. And that would be movie number one. Now, to really go into more detail with like the, the second and third, I would have to go back and play Mass Effect 1. But that's what I would do. Again, who am I? I'm nobody, but that's what I would do. I just have a feeling when this movie does come out, it, it's going to suck. As far as casting for it, I don't even know who I would cast for half of these people. I mean, they've got such a great voice acting I mean they've got great actors doing the voice characters I mean Keith David obviously and I can't think of the captain's name off off the top of my head the one that you uh that is the original captain of the Normandy that's played by Keith David I I, I can't think of his name or David Keith or yeah, there's two different actors there's Keith David and David Keith and I think it's I think it's Keith David the black guy that uh that does all the voiceover stuff I think he would be awesome if they could cast him in his his you know respective role. As far as Shepard, I don't really know who I would cast in that. But like I said, that's just my formula. That's that's the way I would do it. I would totally take that first game and segment it into a trilogy, and then you could totally uh, with the second game do the same thing, and you you'd have six Mass Effect movies right off the bat if you did them right. No, Keanu Reeves as Shepard would be shit, Josh. How dare you even say that? I cannot believe you just said Keanu Reeves as Shepard. That'd be like casting old dirty bastard for uh, for Saren. No, it's just not going to happen. But anyway, that's that's my fix for Mass Effect. That's my take anyway. Uh, so really, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines because I really don't have anything else to talk about. If you guys want to chime in on NXT, you want to talk a little bit about video gaming, Transformers, Mass Effect, whatever... 
this is now the time to do so. You can reach me at 501-588-7957. And uh, again, I will take your calls and answer your questions as they come in. But <laughs> oh, I've made half mages night. That was a quote, was it? That was classic. It's going in your book of, oh my God. It ranks up there with the power glove statement from last week, right? Oh, that was great radio, I tell you. Good times were had. But with that said, we do have a caller on the line. Welcome to Unplugged. Who's this? Hey, what's going on, This is Charles. Hey, man, what's going on? Uh, not much. What's on your mind tonight, man? Do you have a PS3? Uh, what about PS3? Uh, do, you, do you actually own one? I, I don't have one right now, no. I, I, I will probably get one sometime down the road, but for right now, I don't have one. Okay. This PlayStation Plus, I mean, I know a lot of people are ragging on it. I'm not going to subscribe to it, not right now. For the simple fact that it seems like it is a lot of the features of what you get as an Xbox Live Gold member right now. I mean, right. they give you early access to game demos and trials and whatnot, so like that. It's like gold. But to me, it's missing the key features that I would actually want, and I've been waiting forever for Sony to finally implement. And they've actually came out and said that they understand that people want those features and they're working to bring them, like, cross-game voice chat. I mean, still, you cannot talk to a friend that's playing a different game or a different application on the PlayStation 3, and that sucks. And to pay $50 a month and have not have big features like that is just a rip-off to me, I think. I would agree. I mean, that's that's something that we get with Xbox. I mean, uh, even with you know a gold subscription, I I just think I don't understand why that can't be implemented. That should that, that should be simple. Yeah, and plus, people say like Sony doesn't know what they're doing and things like that. Truthfully, what this really reminds me of is this is like the online version of like buying a Sega Genesis. And the reason I say that is because when you bought a Sega Genesis. They had all these add-ons for it. Like, like, boom, you get a 32X, and then you can get a Sega CD. Well, actually, it's the other way around. Sega CD, then 32X. All these different add-ons, and that's what Sony's doing. They're adding this stuff bit by bit. And in my opinion, stuff that should have been there from the start right out of the box. I'll agree. I, as someone who actually played a 32X back in the day, I never understood why that... Uh, I never bought one, thank God, but when that first came out, I well, thought... I actually owned one. Really? I, I, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I owned all those add-ons. Wow. I, I, I remember the Star Wars game. That was that was kind of cool. I just thought, man, well, they, we got an add-on? This is interesting. The 32X actually wasn't too bad. It was it was kind of a step up from like the, the graphics and stuff you were getting on the Sega Genesis and whatnot. But the Sega CD, in my opinion, I mean, there's some cool games on there. Like they, One of the main reasons I bought that is because they had the WWE Rage in the Cage wrestling game, and it was only available for the Sega CD. So that was a big reason why I picked that up. But other than that, all their movies were just trying to give you this sense of you were controlling the actual video that was on the CD, and it was horrible because you weren't actually controlling the video. Now You were touching the button and watching something play out. Okay, because I, 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 I remember that game. I, I remember in the demo that I had seen... It was you pull off the bonsai splash, and then it shows Yokozuna basically killing some jobber with the sumo splash on the video. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Because what? Yeah, what? Sega. I mean, that game wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. 
Uh, it was comparable to like Royal Rumble and Superstars and stuff like that on the actual regular Sega Genesis and the uh, Super Nintendo. But when you got into them games like the one game that you Sewer Sharks or some stupid name they gave that game to give you for free with it, it came to that. It was like you were watching a movie, and then when it came time, it would prompt you to hit some certain button so you can see the rest of it play out. And that's how the whole lot, and that's how a lot of games were on there. Like had Scotty Pippen's basketball, that was like that where. You had like a full video going on, and it's like first person back to hit a button to make the rest of it go. It's retarded. Now, as far as that game was concerned, too, though, what doesn't the actual graphics? It wasn't like uh, like WWE Raw or like Royal Rumble. Like it was the the very yeah uh, small character, and then once you did the finishing move, it went right into the video of them doing the finisher. So that game, the the Rage in the Cage didn't have video. Okay. It was Raging the Cage was pretty much what you got. It was pretty much an updated version of like the uh, Royal Rumble and things like that. And what they did that kind of made you know wrestling fans like myself, I guess, want to go get a Sega CD was one. It was the only one that you could play Steel Cage in because the Royal Rumble and Superstars none of them had the Steel Cage match, and they put a whole bunch of wrestlers in there that you could not play on any other games. Like, it was the first game that had, like, the head shrinkers and the big boss man. And pretty much, you got all the awesome guys you would want. It was, like, the first game they actually didn't just throw the superstars in. They pretty much threw the whole roster in there, so you got all the jobbers and everything. Okay. Okay, I, I remember that game vaguely. I, uh... Like, I, I originally had a Super Nintendo, and then I picked up the Genesis. Basically, the reason I picked up my Sega Genesis, to be honest, was because I wanted Mortal Kombat with blood. I was so disgusted that Nintendo had Mortal yeah, Kombat with no fucking blood. And that was like the biggest blunder that Nintendo, one of the biggest blunders they ever made, was to not have blood in that Mortal Kombat game. Because as soon as they did that, everybody went out and bought the Sega Genesis just so they'd get a copy of that. Like, that was one of the, the top-selling Sega Genesis games of all time. I mean, even though it's not really a feature, but you took out the main thing of Mortal Kombat. That was the main thing that attracted people to the Mortal Kombat arcade cabinet when they went to the arcades because how freaking violent it was for a game back then. Oh, absolutely. And didn't they... And add, they bring it to the home consoles and they take that away. I mean, who wants it now? I'm trying to remember, but didn't they actually not only take the blood out, didn't they, like, tweak one of the fatalities? Wasn't Liu Kang's fatality tweaked down? Because I think he had... I, I can't remember. Did he have... He had, like, some type of uh, somersault kick where he did this punch and, I guess, broke your neck. But I thought... In one of the versions, he actually like decapitated you with an uppercut or something. I I don't remember what it was, but they actually changed one of the finishers too. I know it was the uh, the the Sub Zero when they did. I know he had a fatality where he turned into the freaking dragon and bit your head off. Yeah, the animality that they had, and I guess Mortal Kombat Two, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. See, that kind of annoyed me when it, speaking of Mortal Kombat, like when they did the Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. As fun as that game was to play, I mean, the finishing moves freaking suck. I mean, it looked cool, but there was pretty much no violence whatsoever. And then it really ticked me off when the game came out, or when it came close to the game to come out, and you seen, like, certain, like, regions had better-looking, like, fatalities. Like, in the States, when the Joker wanted to do one of his fatalities and would actually pull out the revolver and shoot you, yeah, the camera would pan away and you'd hear the gun go off, but you would not see the guy get hit with the bullet right in the face. But over in, like, Europe or somewhere, I think it was, you actually seen the guy get shot in the face, which is very rare that it would be censored in the States. 
Oh, absolutely. But I, the whole DC license and everything, DC had them not show it, which freaking sucks, and that's why I'm glad that you know, Mortal Kombat finally come back to its roots and it's going to be freaking bloodier than ever. And, and thank God they got away from the, uh, the cheesy-ass... The thing I liked about the Mortal Kombat series, the first two games, one and two, the fatalities, I mean, they, they were really cool. And then you got into three, and it was, you know, uh, cartoon character-type fatalities, and it was just ridiculous. So I want them to get back into that more gritty thing. Probably my favorite fatality from that whole series was when Baraka, like, fucking impaled your ass, and you, you like, slide down the blades. Yeah. Like, have you seen the new trailer for the new Mortal Kombat? I have. I I, I like the fact that in one instance they show like your your ribs getting broken or your uh, they actually they're actually starting to show like body breakages and I thought, oh man, that's cool. I hope that's a yeah. fatality, not a combo. When dude, when he was pulling him into his hat, the saw blade, man, I wanted to see that freaking play out so bad, and then they cut it off. I know. Fucking. Uh, they had some pretty cool looking stuff in that trailer. Got me pretty pumped again. It's like finally you're bringing it back. I just, I mean, I'm sure if they're showing us that kind of stuff, even though they cut away from a lot of this stuff, because obviously they won't be able to show the trailer to happen to anybody if they had too much violence. But if they're showing the kind of stuff that you're going to be able I mean, that's probably only the tip of the iceberg of what you're actually going to be able to do to somebody in that game. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, it'll definitely be a pickup for me because, I mean, I'm a huge fighting game uh, fan. I, you know, I love my Super Street Fighter 4. And, you know, if they can go back and, and redo Mortal Kombat in the vein you know, a la like a Street Fighter uh, Street Fighter 4, and, you know, kind of make that game look pretty and kind of keep it, you know, back to its roots, then I think it's going to be good for, you know, us, the uh, the Mortal Kombat fans. So I, I hope that I hope that it really uh, brings out the best in this franchise. Uh, I, I think it will. Because the really, way that game looks, I'm just hoping, you know, looks saying everything. I mean, yeah, because I have awesome fatalities. I mean, but... I haven't played a Mortal Kombat where the gameplay was bad, so I don't think there's really too much to worry about there. Oh no! Like the gameplay will be fine. I just I want them to get away from the whole you know cheesy cartoonish graphics, the stupid cartoonish fatalities. You know, like yeah. what, what was it? The one where uh, they scared your one of them scared your soul away. I can't remember which one it was. I think it was. Uh, oh no! <laughs> I mean that was that was that was funny. It was like Cabal or something, and he just like stood there and his. Like, uh, or maybe it was Shiva or Siren. The fucking, like, spirit leaves the body. I just thought, man, that's that's that was, cheesy. That was the one time when the guy popped up and said, whoopsie, and you were like, yeah, fucking whoopsie, thanks. <laughs> Toasty! Yeah, that was, Horrible, uh... Man. You, you gotta go back and, and like, look at those, uh, the, <laughs> the video game sounds. Like, my favorite probably has to be, uh, Liu Kang. <laughs> All of his freaking retarded sound effects are ridiculous while you're playing. <laughs> fucking bicycle kick was awesome. But, yeah. I think it's funny with that game too. Like graphically, it was like scans of like real people, pretty much. Oh yeah. But it was still one of the freaking funnest fighting games to play. Well, you know, and then the funny thing too, at that point in time, you know, Midway had had made the Mortal Kombat franchise, and then they were kind of doing stuff with Acclaim, uh, and they made that WrestleMania video game where it was like the digitized characters from the WWF. Oh yeah, the freaking arcade games. Yeah, you, Undertaker would hit you with a tombstone, and you'd be punching the shit out of Yokozuna, and fucking ham hocks and fish Wait, would dude. fall off. 
Razor Ramon would turn into the T-1000 and shoot razors and have freaking razor blade arms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yoga Zuna, the freaking turkey legs and freaking turkey breast shooting out of him. Oh, my gosh. Undertaker throwing demons at people. Can, can you imagine What's if they... funny is I actually played that quite a bit when I was younger. Oh, me too. Uh, can you imagine if they would have kind of kept that that game style for some of the uh, the current wrestling games they had, where it was just like digitized caricatures of wrestling? It would be interesting, uh, to say the least. I think they would have had a midway of out of business like before they even got the third game out. I mean, you know, at least with WrestleMania, the arcade game, it was fun. But when you went to the uh, WWF in your house. That one was oh, definitely geez. a step back. But still, that was a selling point because it finally had the Ultimate Warrior in it. Oh, that is true. Everybody it, thought that was a big deal. You know, the only thing about that game that I honestly like, Charles, was the fact that when you beat the game, you had a little video package of your character. You know, if it was Shawn Michaels, you know, you had the music playing and you had him holding the championship, you know, and... Uh, yeah. they, they showed snippets of his career. I like that aspect of it, but that was really the best part of that game. Everything else was just awful. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, once you played that game for probably more, well, at least in my experience, probably for more than an hour, you were done with it. Especially if you were playing in your house after you played the arcade game. Not saying the arcade game was the greatest thing ever, but after you played that, you were pretty much getting the same experience with a new name and a couple of new wrestlers. Now, somebody just started, somebody asked a question in the chat room just now. Uh, what do you think is the worst wrestling game ever? And if anybody would know, it would oh. be this man right here. I would have, I mean, I, really, I don't like pinpointing worst wrestling, because there's, truthfully, there's a lot of good ones, and there's a lot of bad ones, too, in my opinion. But one I would have to rank up there as one of the worst would have to be WCW Backstage Assault. I'll agree with that. Probably for the simple fact, that one, it's not a good idea to say you're going to be a wrestling game and not, a put a, not even put a ring in the game. But one thing that I could, well, there's a lot of things actually I can understand about EA when they made this game, but one of the biggest things, other than no ring, is how do you make WCW Mayhem first, then say your second game is going to be a wrestling game with no ring, but then make the second wrestling game with no ring and have even worse-looking graphics. Like, how do you go totally backwards with your game? You know what? Let's just take the ring out and somehow it managed to come out with even worse graphics than our first wrestling game. I mean, Mayhem actually looked pretty good for the wrestling game at that time. But then I don't know what they did with Backstage Assault. Like, I don't know if they, like, fired half of their graphics team and, like, art designers and stuff like that or what, but that game came out looking bad. But, I mean, there's other games you could throw in there. Some of the worst games, obviously, you know, all the great games that were coming out on N64 and stuff. And then PlayStation owners just got smacked right in the face with games like Nitro and Thunder. and whew, Those are a couple of winners. Oh, the, the best thing about Nitro was the fucking character select screen. When you would click on the guy and they would talk to you. Yeah, it was Kevin Nash. You know you want to pick me. Come on, pick me. You know, and then DDP was like, hey, snap ahead. I'm over here, you know. Pick me. Yeah, like staying, he's freaking howling in the freaking box. Yeah, there was there was some really bad stuff back in the day. I mean, wrestling games just, oh man. At least now they like they didn't even have entrances. They just had like to be like the real entrance video, like the beginning of it would play before the match. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was some bad stuff back then. But I, I think I would agree with Backstage Assault. I, I played that one time. I think I rented it from the video store. And I thought, how do you do a wrestling oh, game with no ring? That's, I mean, they, they should have made it just a glorified fighting game. They should have made it like Street Fighter meets WCW. You know, where, you know, you, you had your Backstage Assault as a fighting game. That would have worked a lot better than the crap that they pulled out. It was pretty bad. And I was actually surprised that, like, THQ took a page out of EA's book with, what was it, WrestleMania 19, I think it was, where their career mode had no freaking ring. Their career mode had no ring whatsoever. Everything was done backstage. And not even just backstage, you were fighting on construction sites. <laughs> oh, man, WrestleMania 19, the concept of that game was so fucked up because you start off as a, as a wrestler that gets fired, and then you're trying to fuck up WrestleMania for Vince. And so you're going to construction yeah. sites, trying to mess up the arena and everything. The best part of that game, I, I like the one the one where you're like in this uh, construction area and you're throwing you're throwing the guys off the top of the fucking construction decker into the water and stuff. That was fun, but I mean the fact that there was no wrestling in the ring was was hilarious to me. That one was actually kind of fun at certain points, but uh, the concept was out there. I have to admit. Yeah, I mean it's just. Uh... Well, I, I'm watching the chat room, too. Yeah, Crush Hour. That was a real winner. I mean, you can't really consider that a wrestling game. That was like their adventure into another genre of car combat, like Twisted Metal, but still, that game was just bad. Yeah, Twisted Metal meets the WWE doesn't work. doesn't translate well. No, freaking cartoony-looking cars with cartoony wrestlers hanging out of the top of them is just awkward. You know, I'm surprised WCW back in the day didn't uh, license... Uh, uh, WCW monster truck rally with all the different, you know, WCW monster truck cars that they had, like the Goldberg and the Hollywood Hogan and the Sting car. That probably would have done pretty well. Actually, a lot of them uh, monster trucks appeared in the, uh, what was it, Monster Truck Madness 64 for the N64? Yes, you're a right, they did. appeared in that game. You're right, that, you're I, absolutely I right. I used to drive around as Hollywood Hogan truck with the big arms on the side all the time. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I really think had they marketed something like that, I think a lot of the uh, the Southern redneck, you know, NASCAR fans that are into monster trucks would have picked that up. I thought it would have been a good seller for them. But they never did. Yeah. Well, truthfully, now with WWE being PG rated and stuff like that, I mean, I really do see like THQ starting to branch out with different games possibly putting wrestling in a different genre. I mean, they're obviously they got a lot of the freaking TNA impact uh, developers and stuff like that from the uh, Midway studio. They bought out there in California now working for them. And that's the part of the team that's working on the new WWE all-stars like Sal DeVito and things like that are there. But I see them even branching out even further some other kind of crazy games to market them towards kids because they, they got their sim audience. They got their, you know, audience with WWE SmackDown vs. Raw. And now they're going back into the arcade uh, genre again with wrestling with the WWE All-Stars. I expect them to even go even further with other type games to really pull in the kids because people that think WWE is not going to be PG for a long time, WWE is going to be PG as long as they have a contract with Mattel because Mattel will not make figures and be a part of a company that's not doing things that are targeted towards their audience. I would agree so with that. they're going to be PG for quite a while. Yeah, I, I think regardless whether Linda wins this Senate run or not, they're they're going to be PG for a while, and 
you know, like I said, yeah. it's it's honestly kind of smart marketing when you think about it because, uh, you know, we grew up with the product, and now I have kids that are watching the product, and it's now kid friendly again. So it's they're recycling their audience when you think about it. Pretty Very much, smart. yeah. And I mean, money wise, as a corporation, I mean, I mean, some a lot of fans can fault them for this, but as a corporation, and any person that you know actually understands business somewhat, you can't really fault them for this because this is going to make them a lot of money. I agree. Uh, as far as this WWE All Stars game, everything I've seen in it, it looks uh, it looks interesting. I, I like the fact that Sal Devita is one of the uh, uh, the guys working on the game, and Sal Devita, of course, you may have heard from the Mortal Kombat franchise. So, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this transitions. I mean, the demo looked pretty good with uh, with Rock and and John Cena. Just the fact that they look like two versions of the Hulk. Wanting to rip each other's yeah. heads off, you know the small heads, the super deformed bodies. Uh, I, I'm, I want to see what the roster looks like. I mean, if it's going to have legends in it, I can't wait to see the model that you know a guy like Hacksaw Jim Duggan is going to have. Oh, dude! If I, I said it, if, if John Cena looks the way he does and The Rock looks the way he does, obviously John Cena in real life is better than The Rock. But like, if they look pretty much the same size, what, what, what's the Ultimate Warrior going to look like? Is he going to come down like double the size of everybody else? What about Yokozuna? Is he going to be like fat ripped? Yokozuna, they're going to have to expand the ring. <laughs> Just make him twice the size. See, that's the thing. I mean, I'm as hardcore as a wrestling game fan as pretty much a lot of the people out there. And I'm actually interested in this game because I do can appreciate the actual over-the-top style gameplay because there still is a part of me that you know realizes that, you know, is some people out there want the games to be so real that if they really think about it, if it gets that real, it's no longer fun as a game anymore. And hence, when they had games or features back in the game back in the day, and they implemented this in like the N64 games, and you end up getting taken out of a lot of games they put it in. When they start putting in like stamina and stuff, and your guy runs for too much, or I mean, you came in Irish with a guy twice in the older games that had stamina because the guy would fall on his face. I mean, that's not fun. And when certain guys can't pick up other guys, yes, it's real, but it makes the game not fun anymore to me. Well, if you went any more realistic... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you went any more realistic, it would be like you're literally calling the move in the ring. I mean, exactly. I, I mean, that's that's as real as it gets. I mean, I like I like what you're saying as far as, uh, you know, this is a different take. It's not a simulation-type game. That's what the SmackDown franchise does is deliver a wrestling sim but the fact this is a a branch out i mean in reality it's almost a sequel to legends of wrestlemania only not really enveloped under that umbrella exactly i i I think it's actually this is the i mean i know people would like to see a legends game with all big legends roster and you know all the great wrestlers that they remember from back in the day and stuff but have it play like smackdown like, that's what people wanted with Legends of WrestleMania. They wanted it to be SmackDown gameplay, but with Legends. And, yes, that would be fun, but I would rather than just put Legends in the SmackDown game and give me another experience so I can, you know, have the best of both worlds. Now, I, I, I'm curious. I want to know how this is going to translate with these, with these character models. Uh, it makes me kind of wonder, are they going to have a create-a-wrestler feature in this? Because if they do... I mean that could be quite fun. Just the moves that I saw between John Cena and The Rock, especially the 
uh, jump 20 feet up in the air and hit the uh, the spinning tower slam onto onto the rock by John Cena. I think that would translate well for someone who is a Street Fighter fan. If you could make your own version of Zangief all hulked up and crazy looking and have like a 360 pile driver, I think that would be perfect for this game. And I hope that they actually have a creative wrestler in play for this because, again, it, it would be something interesting. Oh, yeah. They, they, I wouldn't be surprised. If, actually, I would be surprised if they didn't have a creative wrestler-type feature in this game. Especially since, just like you said, I mean, that would be like a huge feature for anybody that's any kind whatsoever of a superhero fan. Especially with a lot of superheroes out there nowadays that have been around forever. I mean, how awesome of... I mean, of course you can make a Hulk. You can make an awesome-looking uh, Hulk in the game, like you said, Zangief. Uh, I mean, all the Street Fighter, Blanca, and not even that, just Marvel and uh, DC characters. There's a lot of characters that have that big out-of-control muscle mass and stuff that could really translate in this game or really give people another window to play, not with just superstars from WWE. No, I agree. I, I really hope that they uh, they implement in there. If they don't, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a fun experience just to play as all these uh, wrestling legends that, that look like they overdosed on steroids. I, I'm just I'm looking forward to that. I, I just I can't wait to see the character models for some of these legends that we know were not uh, not built up. Somebody said earlier Yokozuna would have a 24-pack. <laughs> See, that's that's one of the things I will say that in wrestling games does kind of bother me. And it kind of bothered me with the uh, Legends of Wrestling game. Like, I didn't want to see... I want to see King Kong Bundy the way he looked. I want to see the fat guys fat. I don't want to see them with... Yeah, they kind of look fat, but then all of a sudden they kind of look like they have, like, the... Uh, almost a six-pack, but they don't. They're, like, chubby in the stomach, but then they're still not big and fat, though. It's just weird the way they did the graphics in that game. And it's like they do it in uh, the SmackDown vs. Raw game, too. Like, they always did it with Ric Flair. That dude's flabbier than ever. For some reason, he had a freaking four-pack, six-pack going on with uh, the best packs in the world. Well, they, they wanted to make it, you know, obviously, uh, the whole thing with Legends of WrestleMania was they were basing the characters off of their action figures, when you think about it. But as far as SmackDown goes, I mean, yeah, you can't have somebody in there with a gut. Even the fat guys have fucking abs on their gut, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that I, I think they could have did without. That would have made it. I mean, you know, that's part of the realism I would actually want them to go for. I mean, I understand you can't go too real to gameplay, and I'm a firm believer in that. Otherwise, the game becomes no fun anymore. Well, you know, the whole thing about professional wrestling is this. When you're putting it in a game form, obviously you want the characters to be larger than life. You want them to stand out and, you know, be larger than life. So, I mean, that's the whole point in that. But I agree. I mean, on some of these games where you want the graphics to be pretty much dead on, you know, if you've got a guy like Yokozuna, I want to see Yokozuna in all his fatness come out there and, and look accurate. Yeah. I don't want him to have abs, and I don't want him to look like he could beat your ass because he's totally muscular. Uh, you know, he he's fat for a reason. This is another thing. When, I mean, when he looked like that, just like in real life, it was a big deal because you look at this big freaking dude, and then when someone finally like body slams him, it's awesome. It'd be the same thing. You finally, you know, when you body slam this dude, it just makes you feel like, yeah, that's freaking awesome. No, absolutely. That's what, with the WWE All Star game. That's one of the first things I put on, on my Twitter when they first showed that game off. I was like, there ain't one person in this game that would pass the WWE Wellness Policy Test because everybody in here is freaking roided out. Oh, it, it's it, actually it's kind of crazy. <laughs> Much of WWE gets knocked for steroids. They bring out a game where everybody looks like they're freaking juicing. 
I know that to me that was hilarious. I mean, you look at a guy like John Cena, who's big. I mean, he's he's pretty muscular, but uh, and then I, I can't wait to see what the Batista character model is going to look like. I'm wondering though, because this game doesn't come out until early 2011, if he'll even be in it. Oh yeah, he'll still be in it. They'll, I'm sure they'll keep him in there. I mean, I, I would, truthfully, I wouldn't be too surprised if he wasn't. But hey, I'm not one for. I mean, put everybody in there you could possibly put in there. More the better. That's the thing I don't get about wrestling games nowadays, too, is how much people complain about them. Like, I can't believe people actually complain that certain wrestlers are in the game. It's like, would you rather not have no one in there at all? I mean, they could just leave that spot empty. Well, I mean, you know. There's, like a, there's a big rigor morale with the way the roster is done that a lot of people don't know about. It's pretty crazy. Well, yeah, that's that's a good point. As, as far as I'm concerned, though, like, honestly, I don't even play as the characters in a game. I, you know, unless I have to go through, like, a road of WrestleMania or something, that's the only time I'll play any of the actual characters in the game. I make 90% of my characters. I, I never go in and play as Triple H or Shawn Michaels or any of these other characters. I just I just don't have the desire. You know, that you've got to create a wrestler feature, and, you know, I can give myself whatever I want and just go and play and have have fun. And, you know, I think, I think that's the most appealing thing about these games nowadays. Yeah, like, I'll never claim to be one. Like, I'm not even, I won't even say I'm good. I wouldn't even say I'm subpar at creator wrestler, but I always use a lot of people from the internet and stuff like that. They're creator wrestlers, and I, that's why I think I was a big fan of the, uh, you know, the whole community creations they got going on in SmackDown now. Minus the feature that you can't edit anything to do with anybody's wrestler because that kind of sucks, especially when people give them sucking moves. But that feature is pretty cool. But the one thing that really blows my mind is on the 360, is the people that not too long after the game came out found out that they can actually hack the game and put their own textures in there and then upload those wrestlers for everybody else to have. So you have, like, a Hollywood Hogan with his real face on the side of his boot because someone hacked the game and put the texture of his face on the guy's boot, which is pretty awesome. Wow. Yeah, if you go and search uh, for certain... I guess you can call it that WS and or any wrestling game site out there, and just look in the forums for, like, the hack threads. And there's people in there that actually make awesome-looking creative wrestlers, well, like, their faces and things like that look pretty much spot-on and stuff like that. But then, instead of just creating the... I mean, there's obviously ones there where people created the outfits from scratch themselves inside the game. But then you got the people that actually took real textures from, like, on their computer and stuff and were able to put them in the game, hacking it, and then when they save it out, it still lets them upload it to the servers for everybody else to use. And it will still recognize those textures that they put with that wrestler. So, like, you will see, like, someone has, like, every generation of The Undertaker on there. Like, spot on. Tattoos and everything. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty mind-boggling the way these people did this stuff. So instead of going into, like, the graphics designer in the game and creating all this stuff from scratch... They just scan the images off of their computer, hacking the game, and putting them in there themselves, which is pretty nuts. That, and that, they, they, they just the outfits. Like, they do it all the way down to, like, Undertaker. If you look at the old-school Undertaker, they have him in his, you know, his purple and black outfit, his gray and black. They have his tattoos just right to where, you know, he only had so many tattoos back in that time, and that's how it is. He doesn't have his full Steve tattoos yet. I mean, it's pretty nuts what people do. And they've done it with a lot of the wrestlers that are in the game. Hmm. I didn't. I wasn't even aware of that. That's. I'll have to check that out. Now, if you want PS3, they're not so lucky because there's no way to do that. Only the people on 360 can actually get those wrestlers that people upload because no one's found out any of the hacking stuff how to do it on PS3. I don't think it's possible, really. 
And one of, people, one of the things I said is I think this is pretty awesome, but who knows? I'm sure THQ and people like that probably don't like it. Oh, yeah, I'm and sure I'm they don't. I'm wondering if they would actually patch that. I mean, to me, it's not really hurting anything. I don't see how it's hurting anything. So I was actually like, man, I hope they don't patch this because this is pretty cool. No, very cool. I, like I said, I, I didn't know about that. Uh, so, Charles, is there anything else you want to talk about before I, uh, I take another call and uh, kind of wrap things up? No, that's pretty much it, man. All right, well, cool, man. It's been a while since I talked to you. How are things going? Uh, everything's going good. I've been busy with calls at WS. Very cool. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, you're you're now working for them, so congratulations on that. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, I've done wrestling game coverage in the past, and I figure, you know, one of the biggest wrestling game communities out there is calls.ws. One, I've always been a huge fan of people that are really good at creating wrestlers, one, because I suck at it, <laughs> and I can use their stuff. And I mean, why not be a big? Why not be part of the, one of the biggest communities out there? And plus, they they never really did coverage, and I love to do that. So, but another aspect to the site that they didn't have yet, which is pretty cool. Well, very cool. It's definitely a plus to them, and uh, I I usually go over there quite a bit and, and check out a lot of their created wrestlers because some of the guys over there are just so fucking talented. I mean, I'd like to think that I'm I'm decent at putting together characters, but sometimes I don't. I mean, these guys are fucking awesome over there. Yeah, it, it's pretty mind-boggling. I mean, how much? I mean, how much time? I mean, not even with the wrestlers' outfits and things like that, but how much time these guys sit there and actually use the morphing features to make someone's face look almost pretty much spot on to their real-life counterpart of someone that's not even in the game. And some people do an awesome job of recreating the people that are in the game, which is really awesome. No, absolutely. Because for some reason. THQ, even though with the uh, Superstar Threads, you can only change the colors, and they still won't let me put wrestlers in uh, different outfits, which uh, still annoys me to no end because it's a feature that I really, really want. So if someone changes their outfit, I want to be able to change it in the game. Absolutely. I'm with you. You know, one of the things that's always bothered me about, uh, you know, the uh, SmackDown games is, you know, for the last couple of years, we've had Shawn Michaels in pretty much the same attire year in, year out, you know, the fucking chaps. And I'm not a big fan of that attire. I always like the uh, the Heartbreak Kid, you know, trunks. And it always yeah. bothers me that they never put those as an alternate attire in the game. So a lot of times if I play like, as... I was, I was finally surprised that they actually changed his attire last year to where it was a different, like, color. Yeah. Like, not just a different color, but actually, the, 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 the like, the uh, different design tweaks that he did to that style of outfit which they left him in that same black and red and white outfit for like, I think it was like two, three years. And finally people were so up in arms about it. Like that would get pointed out every year. They finally changed it and redid his character model still in the same kind of designed outfit. But yeah, I agree with you. I would love to see all the wrestlers in their stuff. I mean, that stuff's in the, you guys, they take the time to put that stuff in the created wrestler, but they won't let me put that stuff on Shawn Michaels or they put undertakers old, stuff from back in the ministry and stuff but they won't let me put that stuff on him and what's the point no i agree even with the legends game you know they had uh what rick rude's tights and they had uh you know some classic tights for jake the snake roberts and yet you couldn't go in and change those outfits and i thought well that's kind that of a rip annoyed me to no end when i seen the tights that they had one Shawn michaels in that freaking why would they pick the white and like pink off pink tights come on really and then have all these awesome attires of him in the creator legend. And same thing with like Undertaker. Uh, they had like the alternate attire for him where he was back, like kind of in the ministry type outfit. And 
they had the Ministry of Darkness collared coat in the creator wrestler, but you couldn't put it on him. Why, why is it there? Why, one, why is it not on him already in the game? If it's already in the game. And just like you said, Jake the Snake, the tights, they decided to put him in, but they had way better ones for him and Rick Rude in the creator wrestler, and you couldn't put them on him. Yeah, that was that was definitely bothersome. Like, you know, they they took a step in the right direction this year with uh, SmackDown. Well, last year with uh, with 2010, when they gave you the ability to edit the threads, but you know, it was only color only. So, you know, I I just I hope in future iterations that they give you the option to kind of change the costumes up. I mean, I know they don't want to see the Undertaker in a pink tutu, and you know, it, it's all about the licensing yeah. from the WWE. I can understand that aspect, but. You well, know. here's something that really like kind of blew my mind about how you know WWE obviously is really protective of their license, and that's one of the reasons why we couldn't put people in other outfits and stuff like you just said. But when they promoted the Superstar Threads last year, here's Corey Ledesma and all the people from THQ, Brian Williams and all of them, promoting the Superstar Threads, and they're putting Undertaker in pretty much every demo in pink. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's the way you're promoting the Superstar Threads is putting Undertaker in pink. You would think if they were really worried, if WWE was really worried about the license, they would show the superstar threads off with more people like Rey Mysterio and Shawn Michaels, people that actually change their colors of their attire daily. But no, they're putting Undertaker in pink, and it's like, okay, you're worried about me possibly putting Undertaker in maybe like short style trunks or something instead of his pants, but it's okay that they're putting him in pink. Yeah, I <laughs> doesn't make any sense. No, I, have you heard anything new on on 2011? I'm kind of hoping they expand a little bit this year on. The whole well, in interviews, Brian has been has hinted towards things because obviously they can't talk too much about that. They're going to be having an event uh, around SummerSlam pay per view where they'll actually be fully featuring or showing off the full feature set and things like that. And, but he has been hinting towards things like uh, they are going to obviously expand the whole "It's Your World Now" type thing, and he really did hint. In, at not just being able to do like superstar thread style stuff with like wrestlers, created stuff with like wrestlers. But when he was asked about not just wrestlers, but like the arena and things like that, he said pretty much everything, which would lead me to believe that would, that would be some kind of customization option that you would see in like fire pro where you could edit the ring apron, edit the color of the ropes, edit the color of the post and the color of the mat. Maybe put a logo on the mat. Because that's stuff that, I mean, if you look, they're kind of pulling features from other wrestling games as they go on. Finally, last year, we got apron fighting and things like that that you would see in, like, the N64 games from, like, No Mercy and things like that. They finally gave you that stuff. Finally put it in the game. You got the logo editor last year. That was a big thing that's in, like, Fire Pro, where people were making, like, Ring of Honor logos and stuff like that. Except they weren't just for the wrestlers. The logo editor was actually letting you put those logos on the ring mat. So I would I would really look for stuff like that to come into SmackDown this year and really maybe possibly take the logos that you made in the logo editor and stuff like that and make your own ring aprons, make your own ring mats, change the color of the ropes. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, I think that would work uh, on, on a lot of different levels, especially for people who are doing, you know, e-feds like myself. And, you know, it would be nice to have those logos in there. I know that they he said there would be a new creative finisher position. He didn't say which one, but... I'm thinking it's either going to be from the back or from the ground, and I'm pretty sure it's probably going to be from the back rather than anything else. Yeah, I'm, yeah I think it has to be the back. Because right when they did the front, that was one of the first things. There was like, can we do it from the back? And it was no. And then the next year they didn't do it. 
they did the top rope, and now this year it'll probably be in the back. Well, it makes sense. I mean that that would be the uh, that would be the way to go. I think. Um, of course, I would really like to see submissions, you know, being brought into the thing. I don't know if that's going to happen yet or not, but I mean that should be interesting. I I know that he had been vocal about a year or two ago saying that he was going to bring back create a belt. So hopefully that makes its way yeah. back. And I, I really, I, I really hope that uh, not only do they bring back create a belt, but I hope that they revamp in a lot of ways the, uh, uh, God, what do they call it? Uh, the create your own stuff, you know, like the, uh, fuck, I, I'm coming up with a blank at what they call that. Where you create your own storylines and stuff. I'll create story mode. Yeah, story mode, yeah. That's, uh, I, I kind of hope that they expand on that because, I mean, you had very limiting choices. I mean, it was a good start, but, you yeah. know, we've had, what, a year under the belt there, so I think that there's a lot more that you can you can actually put in there. I mean, uh, one of the things that I've, I've wanted to see for a long time is when you have a contract signing, you have the option of, you know, putting your opponent through a table or, you know, doing some kind of attack, which they didn't give us this time out, but... I mean, there's so many animations that they could take from and do things with. Yeah, I look for Brian Williams, like he said, when he named that there's going to be a new position for the finisher moves, for creative finisher. Uh, he, he did state that we're not ignoring the other positions. There's going to be new stuff, new animations, new type positions, and stuff like that. Or not positions, but new type uh, animations that you're going to be able to do for the top row finishers and the front finishers. They're, they're not just leaving those alone. They're adding to that, even though they're adding a new position with new stuff from whatever that position is. The other positions are going to have stuff added to them as well. And it seems like just like the way they've been supporting creative finishers, that creative story, that will be no exception. They'll be adding and tweaking that more. Obviously, last year it, it did what it did, but it was somewhat limited. It was their first time. I mean, they got it in the game. Now it's just pretty much blow the thing out. Right. And I, mean, I would look for I – mean, here's – like I think you mentioned Create Belt and someone in the chat or a couple in the chat were messing with Create Belt. The reason that was taken out of the game, and I believe – I'm not going to quote him because I'm not sure these are the exact words to use, but one thing I was told by Brian Williams was that was taken out of the game because by their stat tracking, barely anybody used it. And to them, to take it out, and he, you know, he said it will hopefully in the future make a return, which it probably will, which means it's being revamped to make it better to get people to use it. Now, I wasn't a huge fan of the way the creative belt was. I thought it could have been a lot better, and especially when it went, it became kind of monotonous to create a belt because it took forever because everything took forever to load while you're making it. And that's another thing people might want to keep an eye on. When, when you're connected to the Internet through the wrestling games and you're playing online and things like that, they do pull data from you. From what I've been told, they do pull data from you of what you're doing in your game, what stuff you're using a lot, what stuff you're not using a lot, and when they take that data from everybody and compile it, then they know what people are kind of using. And plus, I'm sure they're doing other stuff with the people that play offline surveys or whatever to help with this, I would hope. But when you're connecting the Internet, they are pulling data from you to see what people are using, what they're not using. And when they see people, a lot of people not using a feature, from what I've been told, it's either the feature is not good, and people don't care, you do it and bring it back. Which seems like what's going on with Create Belt. Right, you're starting to you're starting to drop in and out on me. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah, I I, I got about half of what you said there. You, you kind of dropped out. You're, oh, you're still here. Good. What kind of stuff you're using? Okay. When you're connected to the internet through the wrestling games, they do get data from you to let them know kind of what stuff 
everybody likes to do in the game. Right. And supposedly they were able to tell that Create a Bell was not being used. And supposedly I think someone in my neighborhood got shot. <laughs> awesome. You know, a couple weeks ago, Sean was in the middle of a drug bust and had to leave the show, and apparently somebody got shot in your neighborhood, so it's all good. Well, that's just my, uh, I, as far as I know, no one's ever been shot in my neighborhood, but hey, there's always a first for everything. Uh, you know, it's possible, man. In this day but and yeah, age. So, I mean, if, if there's a feature in a wrestling game that you want to see stick around, you better be using the feature, because they, from what I've been told, they can tell that what features are really being used and what features people really like, especially if you're connected to the internet while you're playing the game. Cool, I'll keep that in mind. But uh, Well, very interesting, Charles. Thanks for coming on tonight, man. It, it was good talking to you. It's been a while. Oh, it was fun. All right, brother. We'll, we'll holler at you later, okay? All right, man. All right, Charles. Take it easy, man. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, man. All right, guys. That was Charles Shane. Uh, now he's with uh, Cause.ws. That's uh, C-A-W-S dot W-S. So definitely check them out. Some of the best uh, created wrestlers you can find. The guys are just so talented over there, and uh, it's good to finally see Charles over there helping them out with uh, with video game coverage for, for a lot of the wrestling games. So with that said, I'm going to reopen the phone lines. We'll take uh, one or two calls, and then, guys, I am getting out of here. So uh, now is the time to call in. Of course, the number is 588-7957. And I will take your calls and... Kind of get your input on things. And I believe we have a caller on the line right now. Welcome to uh, Unplugged. Who is this? All right, man. It's the mage. What's up? Uh, mage in the house. What's up? What's on your mind, bro? Did you bring me some chicken? Uh, man, <laughs> all my life. Man, I forgot about y'all again, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember one of these days. God damn it, mage. Bring me some fucking chicken. Come on, man. Get with the program. What's on your mind? I will send you some, dude. They say here, if you have anything that'll fit in the box, nobody does fried chicken like we do it in the South, man. Oh, I'm from the South, brother. I, you know, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Texas. I, I lived there, you know, most of my life. So I, I'm with you. I know. You're from the South, man. I'm from the dirty, dirty South. I'm from Mississippi, son. Dirty, dirty in the house. All right. Yep, yep. Gangsta home of gangsta rap, man. Gangsta rap, drive-bys, street walkers, whatever, man. We got it all. I've never been to Mississippi. It's always been on my list of places to go, but I ain't never been there. If you don't want to come here, this place is shit. (laughs) Well, you know, at one point in time, it was my goal to go to all 50 states. Oh, well, it's Mississippi. Mississippi is a pile of shit. You do not want to come here. Well, I, I would have to go through there to go to other places, man. Work with me. Yeah, but <laughs> when you go through, keep going. Do not stop. Do not stop. Mississippi, the cesspool of the United States, apparently. Yeah, pretty much. Well, yeah, y'all were talking about these wrestling games and whatnot. I just wanted to talk about uh, some of the wrestling games that I've liked over the past. Hey, y'all talked about everything, but you did not mention the Day of Reckoning games that were out for the Nintendo GameCube. Did, did you like that? Oh, the, yeah, those were some of the best I've ever played at all. I've played, period. I, I enjoyed the Day of Reckoning games. You know, I, I have both. I have Day of Reckoning 1 and 2 for the GameCube. I really enjoyed them. The only thing that used to infuriate me with Day of Reckoning, it was a hindrance, yeah. and at the no, same time... Do what? 
Yeah. I, what I liked about them, yeah, they didn't have talking and whatnot, but the storyline was great in both the games. Oh, yeah, the, the, the story was key. I, I'll give you that. The story was key. The thing that bothered me about that game was that you could break up things. If somebody had somebody in a suplex, you could come up behind them and break it up. Or if somebody suplexed somebody, you know, if you were in the vicinity, you got hit with that suplex as well, or you got hit with the guy. And I hated that because there were times when you had to win matches, uh, specifically the cage match where it was like four people in a cage and you had to get out of the cage. It was so hard to... Uh, it took you forever to finally get everybody down with a finisher to get out of the cage. I remember just getting infuriated with that for the longest time. But, I mean, the story in that game and both of those games were, were awesome, and they really continued it on from the first one to the second one. So, uh, you know, I kind of miss the Day of Reckoning series. It's sad that they never uh, made anything else for the Nintendo after that in regards to them. Really? But if I wanted to continue the Day of Reckoning series, I don't see any reason why they could like yeah, SmackDown versus Raw is the key thing right now, but the week it come out with their own wrestling game, they could come out with like a day of reckoning for three from the Nintendo Wii or something like that. Because the Wii has other things coming up that's being continued over from the other Nintendo systems like Zelda and other things like that are coming out, so why not another day of reckoning game? I tell you, the, the best thing about that game was the momentum shift, where you could literally be getting your ass handed to you, and if you hit the right button combination at the right time, you could you know hit like that surprise RKO and win the match. I really like that aspect of the game, and it hasn't been implemented in anything else that I know of. Well, SmackDown vs. Raw kind of took that idea for their hot tag system. Like when you're in a tag, when they came, made the game that was all about the tag team warfare, like when the tag was like, you're getting your ass beat, you can make like a hot tag out of nowhere. And if you hit the button combo right, you could like get a finisher and then like hit it on the, your opponent. And, and if you're playing the computer, the computer will hit every time. Every time. And they will always, it never fails. If you miss that button combination as, as the player, you're screwed. But if the computer gets the hot tag, you will always get hit, and they will always hit a finisher on your other guy. Well, I don't let the computer get the hot tag. I just go to whooping ass and then just pin them right off the bat. I like to play on the hardest difficulty, though, and so sometimes sometimes they'll get oh, the better of me. But uh, but I, I like it. I mean, it's it's a good feature to have. Oh, I play on Legend, man, because I play on Legend difficulty for one reason and one reason only. Because I got tired of whooping everybody's ass, so I just said, I'm going to up my difficulty, and I'm still whooping everybody's ass. And I play some wrestling games like a second religion, but I've been kind of taking a break from wrestling for other things right now. Like, I've been like, okay, I finally got, like I said, I've been playing Modern Warfare 2 a lot lately, and uh, I got that Battlefield Bad Company 2. Yeah. And uh, Red Dead Redemption. Red Dead Redemption is awesome. Yes, it is. I'm still playing that. Oh, well, you're in for a pleasant surprise at the end. Yeah, that, that's what I've heard. You're in for a very pleasant surprise at the end, but I'm just going to tell you, be prepared to piss yourself. <laughs> All right. Yeah, um, yeah, I might as well go ahead and talk about the NXT episode tonight because uh, NXT was decent tonight. I would give NXT that, but I didn't like it because of the elimination. 
Okay, like, I felt like Titus O'Neil could have been, you know, built up a little bit better than they built up built him up, but it was, like, a fucked-up elimination. Eli Cottonwood should have left if anybody left. It, should, it was between him and Cottonwood. It was between Cottonwood and Cannon that should have left, in my opinion. Because Cottonwood wasn't doing shit. He's just, what is he there for? I don't get the point of Cottonwood. It's because he's seven feet tall. And Vince has a hard-on for guys that are seven feet tall. Well, he's got the big show and the great Kali. I think they would be getting him hard enough right now. I know, you know, don't need another. When, when I look at Eli Cottonwood, I see a guy that is just an indie guy that's just a big, tall dude. And I don't, I don't see anything more out of him. I, I don't think he has the right look. I mean, just because he's seven feet tall does not make him uh, marketable. And I, I just, I think he's got about as much charisma as my kitchen cabinet. I just, I, you know, I, I really don't see any marketing with Eli Cottonwood. And you know, Titus O'Neil was showing some promise. I mean, he has a good physique. I mean, obviously, he was trying to work the promos. You know, Cottonwood is just, I don't know. I, I don't know why he ranked as high as he did. He really should have been the last in the poll, but you know the fans were part of the uh, were part of the equation tonight. So you know we'll see what happens. I guess, well, I guess the WWE fans like retards. There's no offense to retards, but that's what Cottonwood looks like, in my opinion. He looks like he's missing a couple of screws. He's a he is a few fries short of a happy meal. I don't know, man. When I look at Cottonwood and, and, you know, being from the southern United States, I can say this. He just reminds me of somebody from the Appalachian Mountains that would probably, you you would stop at the gas station. He'd be pumping your gas, and he'd be like, hey, boy, you sure do got a purdy mouth. Why don't you squeal like a pig for me? Oh, damn, man. Wearing a pair of fucking overalls. All right, that's going in the big book of, oh, my God, right there, man. You've got two in the book now. I mean, for all I know, Eli Cottonwood's favorite movie was Deliverance. Not because it was a great movie, because that was a love story to him. Man, I don't know, man. I just don't know about the WWE anymore these days. See, well, NXT, NXT Season 1, better. NXT Season 2 has potential to be good. If they get rid of the right people, because right, some people don't know what they're doing. Like Cottonwood, for example, he should have been the first one to go. But now that Tyus O'Neill is gone, the next one to go is more than likely going to be Cottonwood, Lucky Cannon, or Husky Harrison. Those are the only three guys I don't see real potential for on in, a, in the WWE. You don't you don't think Husky Harris? Uh, I think Husky Harris would be great. I think that he's going to be uh, a guy that will probably be put in a tag team with his with one of his brothers when they come up to the roster, and they'll probably be you know the uh, the Wyndhams or the Rotundas or whatever they're going to go under. And probably have a good run at, at a tag title run against the the Hart Dynasty or whoever the tag champions uh, may be. I mean Husky Harris, I I like the kid. I think I like the attitude. I mean, granted, he's he's kind of a doughboy, but he brings it. I mean, he's <laughs> I I think he's got potential. I think we're gonna see some good things out of that guy. Lucky Cannon, I'm not too solid on. I thought you know based upon his appearance that he might. He might be somewhat of a favorite. I know Trey had him pegged as his dark horse, but I, I just I don't see it in Lucky Cannon. I think that he's just skating by on the graces of, of his good looks right now more than anything. I, I don't think that he's going to be around for the end of the competition. I really don't. I can't like Lucky Cannon because he's a former confidence against my ideal, though. I don't like Lucky Cannon for that one reason. I think I've lost the mage, actually. 
All right, that was the mage. Uh, I tell you what, I'll take one more call and then I'm gonna wrap the show up. I, I hate that mage got cut off there, but uh, it seems to happen about this time of night on Skype. It's been an interesting show so far. Anything can and will happen on Unplugged. Just leave it at that, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, overall tonight, we've done the review for Transformers. I talked a little Mass Effect. We covered NXT. Uh, Charles Shane joined the program and talked a little bit of uh, you know video gaming. We talked some wrestling gaming. You know, it's it's been interesting tonight. I think we're just going to go ahead and end things tonight. Uh, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, to a very interesting edition of Unplugged. So with that said, on behalf of Charles Shane, the sensational Sean, the mage Crelly from HeadlocksToHeadlines.com, the official news source of Sunday Night Showdown and all the shows here on the SNS Radio Network. Uh, don't forget, we won't, we will not have a edition of MMA Now on Friday up for your uh, listening pleasure. In fact, we will be on live on Saturday night covering the UFC 116 pay-per-view, uh, Lesnar versus Carwin to unify the heavyweight championship. So definitely tune in right as the pay-per-view is hitting the air. You can join us right here on the SNS radio network for MMA now myself, Mark, the shark, DiCarlo, Ryan, the brain and Jesse Vane for live coverage of UFC 116 Lesnar versus Carwin. So with that said, I'm JJ Sexay, and you've just been unplugged. As for me, I'm sitting here completely naked after my bath. I'm just going to enjoy this waterlogged steak. After that, I'm going to polish off an entire bottle of vodka in less than 20 minutes, and then hit the town and punch out street lamps with a bat. And I'm going to hopefully sleep with the first person I meet. I hope you do the same. Even if you're a child or a recovering alcoholic or an elderly person, you gotta live life, huh? That sound good? Great. Now you do me a favor. You stay classy and give me a call sometime. I'm at 646-424-9166. Hope to talk to you real soon. Goodbye. <laughs>
and your decision to 